Welcome to Broad Ideas. Today we have the most lovely, awesome mother, fashion designer, woman, friend. This week we've got Rachel Pally on the podcast. We do. We have Rachel Pally on the podcast this week. She's a fashion designer. Rachel Pally. It's her self-named, self-named. Self-titled. Thank Self- you. Rachel Bilson loves Rachel Pally's I do. clothes. No, I thought you could say you lo- I love her name. And her name. <laughs> no, um, I do. Her clothes, she just has the most beautiful line. And uh, She brought you a bunch of stuff. We oh, get- I never got my shirt. Oh, I have your shirt. <laughs> She's had it for weeks. I didn't she get my bear it. shirt. Oh, I got to oh, get you that. I should have brought that. You should have brought that. <laughs> I'll bring it. Okay. Um, but yes, Rachel sits down with us and um, tells us her story. And she is just so lovely. Let's talk to Rachel. Let's do it. Let's do it. Sometimes when the world feels insane, you can take a little peek inside of Rachel's little brain. All these thoughts are swirling round and round inside to join us on this journey as we take a little ride. We'll talk about dogs and kids and things we Because people die. Well, we're so happy that you're here. Thank finally, you to talk for to having us. me. Yes. So I ran into Rachel and her husband, Kevin, who I went to high school with, which is such a funny small world really thing. Is. Yeah. And I, when I saw you guys <laughs> at the airport, at the airport, <laughs> yes, waiting for our flight. And you joined him for a work trip, but you got to like just do your thing, right? Yes. That's literally never happened. Not one time. <laughs> when I used to have to, go to New York a lot for work, Mm -hmm. he would come and like arrange meetings for the time that I had to be there. And this was the first time where he had something he had to do and I was able to kind of tag along. And by tag along, I went by myself to the museums. I walked alone. There was no complaining, no (laughs) snack. I didn't have to carry a bunch of snacks in my pocket. I didn't have to worry about my kids. And it was the most like recharging Trip. I I've only really spent time in New York when it had to do with my work, mm-hmm. and then stayed longer or when I was younger. And um, it was so nice to be like a by myself person. Yeah, yeah. says the two moms. <laughs> yeah, <who's laughs> like, yeah. In yeah. Like, yeah, a by yeah. yourself person. Who's that? It was was so nice. It's so <sighs> nice. Like because when I saw you there, it was I had to go for work and literally like flying on an airplane by myself. With my shows or my book or what, like, there's nothing I look forward to more. I don't think. No, by yourself. <laughs> by yourself. All by yourself. Yeah. It was so nice. But especially you, like, being in New York, like, walking New York, yeah. going to the museums. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like heaven. It was heaven. And a few years ago, I was like, ugh, I think I'm done with New York. I'm done with the cities. All mm. I want to do is go out to nature. And I was like, well, I guess maybe I'm done. Maybe I'll never go back. Right. <laughs> and then to go and be so inspired again felt like I forgot about that part of my self and my life. But then also we live in a city that right, is full right. of all of that. And I never take advantage of it anymore. I like go from school pickup to mm-hmm. activities or like to my warehouse downtown and back to my house to work. Yeah. And so it's a good reminder that I yeah. need to get myself out in mm-hmm. my own city. In your own city. You grew up. I grew up here too. Here. Mm-hmm. Were you a Valley kid mm-hmm. too? Yes. Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, it, it's a, We're a breed. 
<laughs> yeah, I went to school. I went to elementary school with Kevin. That's so funny. Oh my God. That, yes. I forgot about that. Yeah. I've known him since oh he was God. in fifth grade. I was in sixth grade. Oh, amazing. I met wow. him and one of my dearest oldest friends, David, born off together. Oh, yeah. They were best friends. And yeah, they were like this duo. I remember they came up to us and like introduced themselves. I remember it. Oh my God. Because we were like the sixth grade girls. Yeah. yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I have held on to David the whole time, which and is. David's married to Alex, what? who Kevin and I went to preschool with. Yes. What? Yes. yes. Wait, wait. Preschool. You guys, yes. you and Kevin knew each other in preschool? Yes. They have like, a David and Alex story. Yes. What's the, I don't even know if I know that. They've, story. They met in kindergarten. Yeah. And Kevin and I were in the same kindergarten class. So yeah. I, so did you go to I, Dixie Canyon? I, just for kindergarten. I went to Dixie Canyon oh, too. Oh my God. So it is such a small yeah. world. It's such a small world. Yeah. So you guys knew each other back then. We did. But then, you know, then we lost touch yeah. after kindergarten. I went You're to like, a different school. Yeah. But then in, <laughs> in high school, I, you know, all that whole group of guys hung out on Ventura Boulevard with their skateboards <laughs> yeah. and, I had to go and, you know, maybe buy some weed from them. And it was definitely like we overlapped. And he remembers coming to a party at my house when my parents were out of town <laughs> and that I was like playing acoustic guitar oh, and like oh. sitting on the floor. And he was like, that's, that's my girl. And oh. then many years later, we didn't get together until we were in our late twenties. Oh, okay. How did that happen? I want the story. Yeah. After college, I moved back to LA and I started my brand and I was at Kinko's making these line sheets, which this is before anything was really digital. So it was like drawing a picture and then shrinking it and then cutting it and taping it with the white tape at Kinko's over and over. (laughs) And I look over and I'm like, God, I know that guy. And Kevin was doing the same thing for his men's brand at the time called Change. And so we kind of connected. I had a boyfriend at the time and I bought some change clothes and hats for him. Yeah. And so we kind of stayed in touch about work for a while. And then, um, so it wasn't until we were in our late twenties where we kind of had orbited each other for a long time that we got together. That's so funny. No. It's such like parallel things yeah. too. Yeah. In your line, like, so you started it right after college. Yeah. 2002. Oh, wow. 20 years in December. I was 20 years. Oh, I was telling Rachel today, I was like, I've probably heard your name more than I've heard Beyonce's name. Like more than anyone's <laughs> name in history. It's like Rachel Polly, Rachel Polly. I remember the first sample sale. You, I, This was like right when you started and me and my whole group of friends got samples and everything for the next maybe two decades was like, oh, can I borrow your Rachel Polly black shorts? Is it your Rachel Polly dress or your Rachel Polly skirt? Or is it your Rachel Polly? Like everything. Like it's like a, what were you saying? It's a um, a thing. Yeah, it's like, it's, 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 it is. It's a thing. Oh It'll be like, God. oh yeah, that reminds me of my Rachel Polly. It's its oh own beast. But I remember back in the day, did, now just my memory is not great, but I remember coming to a sale like you you brought the jersey on the scene hardcore amazing on la brea well i i had a pop-up shop on la brea right by yes do you know remember what year that was it was probably oh my god like a long time (laughs) ago right 15 years ago see the things that i do remember maybe 13 years ago because kevin and i were dating because he i put him to work to like yeah i feel like i came to the (laughs) anyway and 
but it was always like I remember when you way back in the beginning just like all that stuff coming onto the scene because like the OC was like what year did that start 2003 yeah you know so those years yeah those early years and then I was working with um Nicole Chavez with for some of her clients so I feel like we reconnected around that yeah and then we have a connection from even before. Right. What's that? I can like picture being at your, like at your kitchen table with my our mom's house. At your mom's house with her <laughs> Sai Baba. Oh my God. My mom was really into, do you remember Sai Baba? Of course I remember Sai Baba. <laughs> do you remember him? Yeah. <laughs> I know Sai Baba. Yeah. She was really into, Rob definitely doesn't remember him. He was like a, I don't even know how a guru, a guru in India. And my mom would travel every year to go visit him and stay in an ashram. And it was like, it was tied to Hinduism, you know, a little bit, but he was his own thing. It was, Mm -hmm. it was actually a cult. Like if we really want to get into it. And that kind of, yeah. I remember her steering wheel, like (laughs) had his sticker on the steering wheel, the car that I learned how to drive on. And it was like, start early drive slowly, reach safely. And it was like a picture of his face with like his huge hair. (laughs) (laughs) And his orange robe. Okay, sorry. Yes, sidetracked. And I'm picturing like the Toast of New York lipstick or like the 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 spice lip liner liner with the twiggy lipstick from MAC. Oh my God, yeah. It was that era. It was that era, which is, I feel like it's back. It is back. Full force. Yeah, we should have saved all of our stuff, guys. Right. Yeah, but it was, she was my best friend in eighth great and she was my best friend growing up valerie and yes. we lived around the corner from each other so i i don't know yeah how. it was just like this mesh of at junior high school it was the era oh, okay. of getting dropped off at the um city walk oh, and yeah. walking yeah. around every friday night and getting the first time i ever got really stoned was at city walk in that era of the chocolate the, you know brown lip liner <laughs> And like lost my mind because like, first of all, you're, you're like a kid yeah. and picture City Walk. So City Walk is like Universal Studios outdoor, outdoor mall. mall with like a lot of shit, a yeah. lot of lights, a lot of gangsters back then. Well, there was no, no place to go. So it was yeah. like yeah. everyone went there, could get dropped off, I think, get and have another off. family, another parent pick you up. Yes. Yeah. But now being a parent and having oh, yeah. a kid. Oh. Never. Absolutely not. Ever. 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 Right? Never. The things that we did and got away with. I was on LSD there. (laughs) Oh my God, that's terrifying. Yeah, like terrifying. It was terrifying. I remember being in the bushes being like, I don't feel safe here. (laughs) (laughs) I remember being on the roof of the parking lot, stoned out of my mind, being like, I can't go anywhere. Like I live here now. (laughs) I am here. I am here. Oh my God. Yeah, you really think about all the things you do. As it, but like kids, I'm assuming they're still doing them. I'm wondering if it's gotten a little more mild or if it's gotten worse. How did you grow up? Then? Yeah. Because you grew up in the Valley. Same kind of thing. But where did you go to school? You, I went to Cleveland High School. Okay. And I went to CES for junior high, which mm-hmm. is in Reseda. And, so, and then for elementary school, I kind of went all over. So, but it, not that different. No. You yeah. know, not that kind different. of same... Yeah. A lot of Ventura Boulevard hangouts. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like li- licorice pizza, yeah. except not really. Except <laughs> they just really highlight later. the valley. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> decades later and not the same <laughs> at all. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like, I just think more and more as a mom, I'm like terrified <laughs> of like that age range. But I feel like maybe it's just my kid, but I definitely don't see her 
going down the same path. And I don't know if that's just. Being no, a- I don't think she will. Well, do you think like my kids will? <laughs> Absolutely not. She was like, really? Yeah, no. Like you were shoplifting. You, you want me to tell your story? I, no, I'm not here to tell my story. We're here to tell Rachel's story. I know, but I'm just saying like the stuff that you did is just like... Yeah, no, my kids will not go down that path. Okay. So, yes, you started your line right out of college. It's so interesting to me because like I love fashion and I think it's... so, But it, I feel like it's really grueling and how you've done it so successfully for 20 years is like fucking insane and so awesome and a true testament to you. Thank you. It is mm-hmm. not always successful, but right. thank you. It is so many years of doing something with a changing industry, which you're in a changing industry too. It's like always having to pivot and always having to, you know, when I started, there wasn't a website or any. Oh, I mean, you're like, I was at there Kinko's. Was, I was at Kinko's <laughs> with a white tape. And then to be now at this time where I'm the face of a brand because of social media, which obviously I didn't sign up for when I wanted to be a designer. Wow. Um, and then in the COVID years and how that changed also because I really became the face of it because I was home working <laughs> and the only, and then I was the only one there. So of course <laughs> it was me. And it's just that the industry has changed so much. So rolling with the punches is pretty intense, but also each phase has been exciting and gratifying in totally different ways. And mm-hmm. I think giving myself the time to really appreciate the fact that I had hit 20 years in December and like kind of honor that was really mm-hmm. exciting and, and it makes me ready for whatever is next because that's, that's a long time to be doing something, it's especially at our age. Yeah. It's a really How, big yeah. deal. I'm 42. So yeah. it's yeah. like, that's all, that's all of my adult life. I had one shift at a restaurant and I was a babysitter and that's all that I've ever done professionally. So this has been very consuming yeah. for so long yeah. and then throwing a couple kids in the middle. Right. How was it conceived? Like what, what was the first idea what did you do? When I was still in college, I studied dance as my minor and I had oh, wow. to work in the costume shop for a certain amount of hours. It was that or doing stagehand stuff. And so I chose costume shop and there wasn't a whole lot of supervision. So if I, I could just like cut stretchy stuff and sew it together for a costume and really be creative with it. And I fell in love with doing that. And I grew up sewing with my grandma, but she did most of it and she was really accomplished. And I just loved the project part of it. So then for my birthday, somewhere like my junior or senior year of college, my parents got me a sewing machine and I went down the street to the dollar rack at the neighborhood sewing shop. And I got whatever fabric there was and I started making things for my friends. And And it was really just a creative, fun outlet. And there was something about the style at the time where kind of deconstructed vintage and like homemade types of pieces were were actually kind of happening. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even at Barney's, you could buy like a vintage t-shirt that had like scarves attached to make it a dress. And it was like a thing yeah, at right. the time. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is like not what it is now. Oh, but yeah. so I was wearing something that I had made and I had been in LA for something and walked into a shop on Chunking Road, which was a row of galleries and shops in Chinatown that started to be a really cool area. And then, I don't know, it changed to 
more nightlife. But um, this woman said, I love what you're wearing. Where did you get it? And I said, I made it. And she said, well, <gasps> what else can I see that you've made? And I said, oh, I have a bag of my laundry in the car. <laughs> Why don't I go and grab that? Which is something that like only a 22 year old would do. It's and amazing. I brought in a bag of stuff and she said, I can sell this. Why don't you make want go back to school? Like send me some stuff and let's see what happens. No and, way. and it was working, which is really funny. Um, a woman who came to work for me many years later um, actually bought an outfit there that I had sewn. <laughs> so when she, um, which is just so funny that that it like we overlapped again after all of that. Um, so that's kind of how I got started. And it was an early time in this in LA was kind of, there were all these small brands that were starting and I got involved with a PR firm and showroom that were related. And so they pushed the press and the sales at the same time. And, um, people like Rachel Bilson, (laughs) <laughs> would wear um, the clothes or it was Jessica Simpson and mm-hmm. you know this era of MTV TRL and oh like all of these things were um, you know you every week I'd go to the market and pick up an Us Weekly and flip through and hope that someone was wearing it and it was it wasn't the same instantaneous stuff right. that it is now so that's that's how I started yeah. and it was so crazy because I didn't know what I was doing I was 22 straight out of college with a degree in geography Oh my God. You. Something incredibly random, <laughs> which was my way of graduating on time with the credits I already had. And something that was interesting to me, not like maps, but the way that people use space and cities. And But really, it was just a degree. And so then I like made this up as I was going along, which means <laughs> you're doing good. <laughs> there have been a lot of high highs and a lot of low lows, a lot of, you know, just figuring it out. And um. So that's my, and then 20 it, years passed. Yeah, I mean, I can't, yeah, the whole 20 year <laughs> thing. But it's, that's so amazing because it was just something that kind of happened, you know? Yeah. And I think in life when that, it's just so cool because it's yeah. a clear, you know, universal calling or whatever yeah. it is. And and it's so funny to bring up that time of like flipping through Us Weekly yeah. or like TRL, yeah. you know? <laughs> And all of that, that really date. Rob, Rob doesn't, doesn't even, even know, know what, what it is. is. <laughs> I know what TRL is. You do? Yeah. Did you ever watch it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. These youngins these, these days. Youngins. Yeah. But like, it's just, yeah. And even, you know, and seeing how your line has evolved, you know, and, and transformed as you have and everything, you know, and like, I've literally like gone the whole <laughs> way, you know, like from the first Jersey, like, <laughs> Dresses and and to now, which by the way, pregnant, like all of yeah. your things were a godsend. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, stretchy and soft, stretchy and soft. Yeah. yeah, but like and to grow with you and to see, it's just so cool and and it's such a great story. And I think for anybody who wants to kind of achieve, it's like it's grueling for sure. It's yeah. not like you can just do it. But seeing a success story, I think, is so inspiring. Yeah, it is. It's a it even inspires me. I'm like, wow, I can't believe I've been doing this for so long. And um, in all the changes and all the the life changes. And I think especially like you were saying about how now it, how it's evolved, you know, I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago. Right. Or like, think about the things we wore. Imagine. And like the, the colorful, I hope not. The pink Ugg boots that were trendy oh, and like God. a short with a, with like a mini skirt. It was just, of course, I'm not doing the same thing that I used to do. But then there was this hiccup in the middle where, 
I kept wanting to evolve and the stores that were carrying the brand weren't ready to evolve their idea of me. And Mm -hmm. so I kept pushing against that where I was like, but I don't want to make that white maxi skirt Neiman Marcus. Like no one wants that. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, if you look at the numbers from, you know, six years ago and you can't think about fashion that way. Fashion moves really fast. You can't just look at a spreadsheet and like know what's next. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of challenges in evolving. And now it's interesting because now I have a whole different um, batch of shoppers who didn't necessarily know me then. So there's some people who've been following the whole brand journey and some people who have an association with, oh, I have a 12 year old, but I wore this dress for my maternity shoot. And so it's like kind of pigeonholed into this moment in time. But then there's also all these new eyes on the brand that didn't know how it was before. And now the way that the brand is, it's it's who I am now. Mm-hmm. And also the way that my style and my sensibilities changed when I became a mother. Like, I don't want to make stuff you have to wear Spanx with. Like, right. I don't want no, that. I don't want to wear that. I don't want to even promote that. I don't want that. So yeah. being able to evolve and also believe in it in a different way because it's actually like there were some years where I wasn't even really wearing it because I didn't really believe in it because I was making what I was being asked to make and the things that I wanted to make weren't getting bought. And now I get to wear it every day and really believe in it. And it suits me in every way better than it did when I was pushing against this like resistance for where I wanted it to go. Right. I just love the like level of like you don't have to think and you can be like slightly elevated, comfortable, like mom, but still look super chic and like sophisticated. It's definitely like yeah. exactly where I'm at. If I have to like go in here, I'm like, oh, I can put these together, like the matching set or the yeah. dresses or whatever it is. And it's my favorite go-to, but that ease of just knowing you can look super chic, but also be comfortable. Yeah. I, and I, I would think that a lot of it has to be like being a mom and yeah. the functionality of I don't want to change. I have to wear the same thing all day for like right. 10 different right. activities in a day. And also like it has to be able to be washed. And and if I catch my reflection in the mirror, I don't want to be in like my husband's oversized sweatpants that I Which slept are also in really last night. Cute. His are really cool, but I don't <laughs> look particularly great. Yeah. great in them. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I, I like his more than the, the ones that fit me. So just to have an option where you feel put together, but, and you look put together, but yeah. you can feel yeah. loungy. Yeah. And so you've done all this and then you had, how old are your kids? Almost 10 and almost seven. Almost 10. almost 10. He keeps saying, I'm almost 10. That's double digits. It's halfway to 20. Oh, oh how rude yeah. is that? How rude is that? Oh, uh, yeah. That's a whole yeah. lot of something. Yeah. But then, you know, in the in the workplace, whatever, mm-hmm. and having kids and balancing that, I feel like that's a whole other skill set in itself. Uh, that's psycho, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's it's a crazy thing that we do, right? Because you're a very hands on mom, and yeah. like you know, I was saying before we started recording, when I was like, okay, Rachel, like what? Who you're like? Nope, just email me. Yeah, like that's who you contact. Yeah. Like it's you know, and you're doing it all. Yeah, and it's not easy. So how do you, how do you find time for yourself? Number one. And how do you juggle it? Like with staying sane? I have a nanny. Mm -hmm. Yep. And two sets of grandparents that live in Los Angeles. Oh, that is the key. So I'm not (laughs) by any means pretending like I am doing this on my own. I also have a husband who's incredibly involved and hands-on too. So there's two very devoted working parents who, but 
we both own our own businesses. So it's not like we clock Mm -hmm. in, clock out. It's very consuming, but we do have an incredible amount of support. Right. So that's how we do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Time for myself is tricky. It's negotiating back and forth with Kevin, who like last night, I got to spend some time with some girlfriends and knowing that when I need to take time, I have a partner who can support that and who loves to support that. Um, I set my alarm really early to get up and meditate because I feel like once I'm in the routine of it, it's so much easier. And then I really feel the benefits rather than in and out of the routine, which then it's just like a hassle to have to do it. Um, And now that I work from home most of the time, I don't spend so much time commuting and all that extra time Mm. can really be spent more tuned into my kids and also Mm -hmm. taking a little bit more time for myself. Yeah. What drove you to meditation? Um, Anxiety, Mm -hmm. um, overwhelm. Mm -hmm. And um, I've tried a lot of different modalities, things over the years, but I recently took a course with a teacher in LA named Jeff Kober, and I've been doing twice a day meditation. And it's the first thing that's really helped me. I just did my afternoon in the car when I got here. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, is this going to be like some creeper sitting outside, (laughs) sitting outside of Rachel's house um, (laughs) quietly with my eyes closed. But it's a little weird to do that in the car, but also like I was by myself and who cares? And also you kind of have to fit it in when you can. can. Mm -hmm. And more than anything, it's been helping like my my nervous system because it's just like, I feel like I've been operating at this like super high uh, all the time, yeah. Um, which makes me not my best as a partner, not Mm -hmm. my best as a mother and definitely not my best as a business person, any of it. It's Mm -hmm. just, and so trying to carve that out as much as I can. I mean, the, the, Hope is 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon, wow. which is a huge chunk huge. of time. Mm-hmm. So then I feel, but then I'm, when I think about it, I can easily spend 20 minutes scrolling on my phone mm-hmm. and get nothing out of it, but irritation, mm-hmm. or I can come out of 20 minutes of meditation feeling so much more ready to face the rest of the day that I am more productive and less anxious. And so even though it's, in the morning when I wake up and I, if I don't want to do it, I can like talk myself out. But if I can stick with it, it benefits me more than the extra 20 minutes of sleeping. Yeah. Mm. I feel way more rested than I ever do without what's, it. What's the, you know, method? of This method that yes. I'm doing yeah. is a mantra based. So I was mm-hmm. given a mantra that it's like a small sound that it can be like a, a word or a sound that you repeat to yourself without moving your mouth, without moving your tongue. That's something that you're thinking that gives your mind something to focus on. So when the thoughts come, you can bring it back to that. Mm-hmm. Like how in certain types of meditation, you bring it back to the breath. It's mm-hmm. something that, because no matter what, your mind is meant to have thoughts. Yeah. So fighting against it doesn't get you anywhere, but having something to, so like sometimes I'll like space out and be on a thought train for a while before I realize that I am and bring it back. But just to have something or like sometimes listening to a chant over and over can do the same thing where it's just like a sound that's repetitive mm-hmm. to get your brain out of its cycle. Mm-hmm. Is it TM? 
It's like TM. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, because I feel like TM, they give you a specific, that only you know. Is this like something you only you know? Only I know. And you don't tell anyone. Mm -mm. See, I struggle with it so much because like I, you know, I always try and then I have an app or whatever. And my mind, it's just like, it's so hard to turn it off. Yeah. Especially, you know. But that's not the point. Yeah. I think that's our idea that you have to have this silence in Mm -hmm. your brain and like, it's no, you're not going to. No. It's just saying. So they give you something. So it's not silent. It's an anchor to it's come back anchor. to. But you're Rob, still. you're familiar, I'm sure. <laughs> you're still going to have thoughts. Yeah. And you, you can't. It's like, I think sometimes we're like hard on ourselves for like not doing it right. But mm-hmm. that's not the thing. It's also giving yourself that time and saying, okay, I'm going to do this for 20 minutes. Even if all you do is think the whole time, mm-hmm. you're not doing anything else. It's just giving you um, a pause, not looking at your phone, not engaging with anybody else. And so even if you're not doing it right, you're right. still doing something that's beneficial. Because I've had the apps and I've listened to Joe Dispenza. I've like listened to yeah, things, but too. also I don't always want to hear someone else's voice or, but anything that can become habitual about having some calm. Because I can, it's hard sometimes to find the calm, mm-hmm. like, you know. I yeah. started hearing my kids started, we would listen to the Joe Dispenza in the morning mm-hmm. and at night before bed. And my little son would go, well, how is your body in space? <laughs> he would like start doing it. <laughs> and I couldn't listen anymore. Yeah. I'm like, he's ruining it. Yeah. Oh, now, so all I hear it. is Elliot being like in space. <laughs> So, you know, I tried the like deep sleep, like I do the deep sleep thing on calm, like, and it's the one woman who I think she started it or something. It's like her voice is kind of everywhere. And I got so used to her voice that I don't even hear what she's saying anymore. Yeah. I just put it on and yeah. it's like on the lowest setting, but it still soothes. Yeah. Soothes. Yeah. Hello. It soothes me. It soothes me to sleep. And like, there's something in my brain that's like triggered by just knowing that like she's talking. Yeah. Maybe I just have like a unhealthy codependency. No, it's a a trigger though. Like that's like when I hear this song for MASH or Cheers, like it instantly makes me want to go to sleep because that's what I heard it as a kid when it was like bedtime. You're like, when I hear like, (laughs) when I hear gunshots, When I hear like porn in the background, oh I'm like, God. oh, daddy's home. I'm just kidding. Rachel, Sarah, Bilson. <laughs> I mean, I know. You guys, it's been a long day. <laughs> it yeah. has been a long day. It has, it has. No, but yeah, like there's certain things I used to train myself. I trained myself to fall asleep. What? Are you going to say? What? I train myself to fall asleep to Kid A by Radiohead. And then like, even when it gets to Idiotech, do we talk about this? They tell no, you this? No, no. Where it's like, <laughs> like, really fast and loud. Like I just lull right to sleep. So I'm like, what? I think I'm point. I'm past the point of return. I'm just, I'm sorry. Oh my God. I was just talking to my daughter about this. Like, you know, when you get the giggles when you're not supposed to. Yes. Yeah. We were at, you know, Verney. <laughs> she was doing a play when we were like 20 years old. And it was Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> and we were sitting in the front row of a very small theater. Tiny. Where we and Leah, like, yeah. 
got like you um, that inappropriate oh, when you're not supposed. And we were hysterically la- like where it like hurts and you're oh, hurts. It's you're, hurts. Like, pissing and your, it's so yeah. quiet. It's fucking Romeo and Juliet. It's like <laughs> the guys so like dying. Serious. And we had to run out of the theater where everyone can see you because there's like 10 people there. Oh, my God. Anyway, sorry. That's just, <laughs> I just told Briar that story for some reason. She's eight. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. But <laughs> yeah, okay. We're coming back. We're coming yeah. back. But yeah, I think you can train your brain to do anything. <laughs> what? <laughs> She's got it. Oh my god, I'm crying. Um, we, we did this once with a waitress <laughs> at House of Pies. Um, you know House of Pies yeah, in Los Feliz? Yeah. <laughs> we caught the laughter. We didn't even know what we were laughing at, and the waitress <laughs> caught it. She came over to take our order, and we were so hysterical <laughs> that she started <laughs> laughing. She had to walk away, and then every time she would pass us, she would hold the menu up and not look at us. She couldn't take our order. She couldn't look at us. Oh my god! I'm sorry, you guys. Oh, it's been a long day, and just thinking of Rachel trying to train her brain really (laughs) triggered. Untrainable. (laughs) Okay, Okay, you take it away. (laughs) No, because I go serious. Go serious. We want serious. Hold up your notebook. Yeah, I mean, no. Yeah, please, please. Okay, here's what I think is really important. I love to hear someone where you're at with your level of success, what you've accomplished, having a wonderful husband and children and like all the things, right? I think it's really important to hear people that have accomplished what you've accomplished talk about any sort of mental health yeah, and that those things don't necessarily make you immune to life, right? Oh my God, no. I think it, I mean, definitely my career is, is a big chunk of the things that unravel me. Right. Um, the reasons why I like sit up in the middle of the night and can't breathe and go through the circular thinking that gets you Mm -hmm. nowhere. And also panic attacks, like don't help you. No, it doesn't solve any of your problems. Can you talk yourself out of a panic attack? Sometimes, sometimes I, luckily it, not luckily, because it's terrible to interrupt your sleep, but I'm usually home and mm-hmm. can wake Kevin up if I need it. Or since COVID, I started taking um, Lexapro, mm-hmm. which has really helped me. I think it's helped me because I'm feeling less anxious, but I actually think it's more the meditation than the Lexapro. Mm, interesting. Is your first time in your life taking yeah. it? Okay. And I'm on a really low dose and I don't know since I didn't feel any side effects and then I'm not really, now it's been a while, I'm pretty sure it's fine for mm-hmm, me, yeah. but I don't know that it, it doesn't, definitely doesn't give me any sense of euphoria, but it does maybe make me feel a little less nuts. Right. Um, six months into COVID, I was like losing handfuls of hair. I was oh. like, so I, to a makeup artist and a hairstylist friend of mine, both recommended this company to reach out to called Harklinikin. And when I called, he was like, oh yeah, three to six months after anything traumatic is where it would be showing up in your hair cycle. The stress could have killed that hair cycle you were in. So you wouldn't have necessarily noticed it for three to six months. And he's like, and our business is booming. You know, it's like (laughs) because of the pandemic. Yeah. Because right. And you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, I had to like let my team go and and didn't know what to do. And I had hundreds of boxes of orders that had already been packed up that no one was then going to pay for. It was so gnarly. 
But even coming before that, I had had some years of challenging business even before COVID where it coincided with the birth of my second child and not necessarily feeling so motivated and definitely a touch of postpartum depression and, you know, everything kind of snowballs. So Mm -hmm. I'm very open about my struggles with anxiety. And I think like for me, the things that have helped me the most are having close relationships with other women. Mm -hmm. And I actually reached out to a friend today who is a man who was, I know has been kind of facing some emotional heaviness. And uh, he responded like, thanks for talking to me about it. Like, it's hard to talk about it. And I was like, yeah, that's what women do right. It's like, you know, what's helpful is to know that like, I also feel those feelings that you're having. And so you're not alone in that. Mm -hmm. And I think without other women in my life to talk about the real stuff, I mean, motherhood would have been completely insane without having a sounding board of other mothers. But Mm -hmm. I do reach out to other women I know in business Mm -hmm. often, and I talk through a lot of it. And I think being able to like, be honest and go deep with those things really helps you to feel less alone. It doesn't like mm-hmm. fix the PL statement and it doesn't like fix payroll problems, but it does help you to remember that what you do isn't who you are and it's there's mm-hmm. so much more. But yeah, I think we're also in a stage of life where like we're dealing with friends whose parents are aging and yeah. our parents are aging and children are challenging and children who have been living through a pandemic are extra challenging. And um, everyone seems to be having a hard time in some way or another. And I think the easiest way to face that is to be open about it. Mm -hmm. At least for me, I'm more of an oversharer than an undersharer. Yeah, we are the same. But I love, and you know, I think when you, you said like you had postpartum depression a little bit with your second one, did you have it with your first one? With my first one, I think I was so, I had, um, I had a really hard time breastfeeding with Mm -hmm. both of them. And I had put this insane amount of pressure on myself about it. And I think that with my first, I didn't enjoy those first couple months a lot. Was it because of that? So I don't know how much was hormonal and how much was like my own stress I put on myself. Whereas with my second even it took longer for me to get my period. I like was holding on to the, with, I think with my second, it was really biological, my, my depression. I think with the first one, it was very circumstantial that mm-hmm. I had, and it was so alienating. And also I, as a very young person, I had this big business that was like, talk about alienating. I had like nobody in my peer group to talk to about it. I remember being like 24 and sitting in a room with, lawyers having uh, to make a will. Oh, and wow. I was like, um, like <laughs> I was still like, felt like a kid. Yeah. So I went through a lot of that early stress by myself. And I'm very grateful to have a partner who like can support me through it. Cause now, well, now I'm not on my own. Like what's mine yeah. is his, what's his is mine. And even though like the responsibility of my business is just on me, the bottom line is on both of us. Cause we, it's yeah. a shared life together. Right. So whether he wants to be my, and I'm sure he doesn't always want to be my business partner, but <laughs> he is. Um, and just being able to share like that weight is is a big thing. Because mm-hmm. all, all these things, being young in business, being like a founder who's like kind of the only one in charge is really hard. Being a mother is really hard. Yeah, All of it. 
Yeah. That's hard, ladies. So, yeah, I know. It is. It's the hardest. But yeah. And it's hard. And I have all this. I have like an unbelievable amount of support. Right. And it's still. Yeah. Yeah. I really value you saying that because I think that, you know, if you look at just social media or you look at what most people see of successful women, they think like, oh, it should be like that. Yeah. Right. And the truth of the matter is all of these things are hard. And people need to be more open and honest about like, no, that was hard for me. I did it alone or I felt this or that. And like, just the fact that you would share that you are taking an antidepressant, that you struggle with those things, it breathes comfort into my body to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because then you start to be like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. She's We're a person too. We're all doing just this, this thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. My parents also owned a business and they have this beautiful marriage and two high functioning grown children. (laughs) And especially when my first son was little, I remember a group of my girlfriends being my mom being there and someone saying like, how did you do it? You like had a business, you like raised these kids, like what? And my mom was like, oh, I cried in the shower every day in my (laughs) thirties. Like, do not think that like, because I'm on the other side of it, Mm -hmm. that the steps to get to this weren't really fucking hard. And it made everyone was like, oh my God, thank you so much for saying that. Especially because hindsight, we often glorify the way that things were instead of really facing like, Mm. she's like, no, that, and also our parents raising kids was hard, but now there's an unbelievably different situation, which is we are tethered to technology. Our kids are exposed to things, not because there's eight stations of television that they could possibly hear or see, but there is media coming at them from every angle. Mm -hmm. I got to have the fun conversation with my kids. What's cocaine because of cocaine bear. Oh, (laughs) and like, how'd you explain that one? (laughs) I was like, Oh, great. I'm so glad you're asking because of the billboards. You know, there's like no way to avoid it. No, they can read now. And (laughs) we are as a culture, so distracted. So no matter what, it's not like, I mean, we all sat down to dinner when I was growing up and like, how often would our landline ring during dinner or after it was like, we are constantly engaged with the outside world and no wonder our kids are feeling it. No wonder. And especially with two people who are working for themselves. So like, there isn't a time to really turn it off. We have to really allocate that time. So it's a different time to raise kids, not to mention, you know, the pandemic. Right. That little <laughs> that old thing. chestnut. <laughs> yeah, it's so true though. And, and every time I hear it, I like look at myself and I'm like, fuck, I am on my phone so much. I think like every morning my daughter wakes up, I'm probably like looking at my phone and I'm like, what is that actually doing and how different yeah. and just to be constantly engaged with every single person in your life, even the outside world, what's going on. And it's constant. It has to have some kind of well, I tell them that they're not allowed to have their iPad. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. And like, as I'm right. like, on... oh, no, I'm like, you only get it on the plane. That's the only time yeah. you ever get your eye. She's like, literally, mom, yeah. you're, you're on your I'm going phone to while you're, you're telling me this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I look at it and I'm like, fuck. And you try to take the time to yeah. set it down. It's so hard to do, though. It really is. I don't know what the answer is. This is probably the most time we spend off of our phones 
when we're recording. That's the reason we do this. Podcast. Yeah. No, but it, but it my is, kid's it not here. So. <laughs> right. If only I could just put my daughter in here. She has to wear earmuffs. But <laughs> do you guys have family rules about technology? Yeah, but I think like Kevin and I, it's not that we disagree about it, but like I'm more extreme than he is. And he feels like I'm gonna, I, it like that swings It'll too the, far right. in the other direction. Like the sugar thing. And with- he's totally right because I grew up with highly regulated sugar and and media intake. And then I would like beg to sleep at a friend's house where I could have sugar cereal and like right. watch whatever. And I'm definitely doing that with our son about technology, especially our older son who is like has a natural inclination for computers mm-hmm. and is interested in it and like wants to, all he wants to do is play video games. And all I want to do is say no all the time. And I'm like, no guns, no this. Oh, yeah. And so I think that, I mean, when I have been super strict, like he'll even build a freaking iPad out of a cardboard box and draw a Minecraft character <laughs> on it and pretend to play it. I'm like, definitely swinging too far where it becomes, <laughs> yeah. someone suggested like to me the other yeah. day, it might be better instead of letting him use it on the weekends to like give him a little bit every day mm. so that he's not, it doesn't have the same like taboo yeah. around it, which I'm not willing to do. So then also it's like, no matter what, a lot of it I'm seeing is my issue that I have an issue with our generation of like, I picture the boys I grew up with, like the ones who were into video games. And I'm like, oh, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. I'm like, here's a skateboard and here's the guitar and here's art supplies, but like absolutely not for the, but they'll still like pick up a stick and play a shooter game outside because Mm -hmm. there is, I feel like we're trying to figure out where the balance can be, where I can loosen up a little bit and not make it because I know I'm creating issues around it by being like (laughs) so anti. So hardcore. Yeah. And I think a lot of it is um, somebody told me, you have to parent the child you have and not the child you wanted or expected to have. Right. And like, I definitely did not expect to have a video game playing (laughs) boy who wants to only wear his Nike stuff and talk about baseball and video games. I'm like, "Um, can we talk about, and he doesn't want to. Good thing I have the other one too. Yeah. (laughs) Just a little bit (laughs) more my speed, but, and, and Teo and I have a lot to connect about, but the things that he's more interested in are like not things he and I can connect on. So Mm. I have to really spend extra energy finding the things where we can connect and we read together a lot. And we like, that's definitely the thing that we can both get into. Mm -hmm. Is he the older one? Yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. It has the same thing with her. I have the same exact thing with my son. And we only let him do it on the weekends and now he does it with David's kids. So they oh. play together over, the, over yeah. the online thing. And it's like, it dominates his thoughts. Yes. Like everything he's consumed, he, he's consumed and motivated by it. Like, yeah. and it's a problem. Yeah. So we do it not at all on the weekdays. And I've yeah. wondered the same thing, but I'm like, mm, it's it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I've seen his reaction, like, it's like a it's taking, an obsession. It's like a crackhead. Yeah. Like the turning yeah. it off. It's like yeah. The turning it off is almost worse than giving it to him. Yeah. Like it's right. like oh yeah. He, it's like no time has passed. It doesn't matter how much time. Like no time has passed, and then you can't take it away because then it's like like a complete meltdown. Yeah. I see that he's like psycho, jonesing. Yes. Yeah, so yes. I, he's addicted. Yeah. Addicted. Yeah. So I have this like kind of a similar example with my daughter. Like 
because it's just us, you know, single mom, like whatever before school, I would let her watch TV at the breakfast table while I'm because I'm doing everything else. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I kept thinking about it. I'm like, fuck, no other parents with their kids. Well, I know you do. But like at her school, they're like, no, we don't have time in the morning. There's no TV in the morning before school. And I'm like, fuck, I'm doing this wrong. Right. So I took it away. The TV in the morning, which honestly, I have noticed a difference. It's way easier to get her out the door. And there were a lot more fights when we had TV. So now she's so obsessed with getting her time before bed because I'll let her watch like a half hour, you know, at bedtime before she goes to bed. I should be reading. And sometimes I do. And look, we're not perfect. (laughs) But like, and then so now she's so obsessed with that. Yeah. Like she got to go out to dinner with her friend the other night. And she got home late. And I'm like, listen, if you go, there's not going to be time for TV, but you understand that you're making, and that's okay. You can go out to dinner late. Like, that's fine. Then she gets home and she's like obsessed. She's like, mom, even a minute? Like, you said, okay, but if I wake up early in the morning, can I get the TV? And like, it does. It's like this weird, like obsessive. And I don't know how to proper, like, I don't even know like how to handle it or deal with it other than just like, I have to stick to it. It's like, no. Yeah. It's not easy. And they fucking... And some of that is just age appropriate, that they don't right. have that. They yeah. like can't set those boundaries and they don't have like that impulse control. Mm-hmm. But also, Teo's almost 10. So then I'm like, but then I like shake my finger at him like, you're almost, you're almost 10. Right. But really, what does that mean? You know, it, it's, it it's, means he's a nine. <laughs> but also, like, what's my expectation of what it is to be 10? Like, all of a sudden right. he turns 10 and he's got, like, all the impulse control? Like, no, right. I, I have a hard time putting it down sometimes. So I understand that. Yeah, I but know. Being a parent. Ugh. It's not easy. And so my daughter's now into playing Roblox mm-hmm. with her friends. Because another one you can go online. Yeah, that's what my boys play with, they, their, with their my friends. niece. Yeah. She's just learned it. Our other friends, you know, the older one's 11. Her sister's eight as well and they do it but like they only get it on the weekend mornings and so now I've let her a little bit on weekend mornings you can play Roblox with Winnie and Stella for an hour or two and then you get free free time so then that's like (laughs) we also need the time for them to yeah it's a balance yeah although I wasn't really watching what the games are on Roblox and like I think her dad saw one and he's like what is she playing and I was like oh fuck I probably need to like see what she's playing, you know, because there's that's a responsibility too. It's just like the juggling all of it and finding time for yourself and balancing. But then I think like growing up, like I watched so much TV. Like we watched a lot of TV. So much. I was going to say, and look, I turned out fine. And maybe maybe there'd be objections (laughs) to that. But like, you know, it didn't, it didn't do any really like, you know, harmful stunting. (laughs) Well, (laughs) well, (laughs) no but I don't know but yeah it's just all the parenting and finding the balance and what works for your family and what but there's so much judgment out there and I'm sure you went through it with like breastfeeding you probably felt and I was I had home births so then in addition can we talk about that yeah it's my favorite thing to talk about (laughs) I work here (laughs) (laughs) do you want to hear about birth he's good with it excellent that's what he's here for um yeah. So then I think I added this extra stress about breastfeeding because like of the, the natural, natural sure. um, which and that pressure was not coming from my midwife who was like a fed baby is a happy baby. Like right. Right, Rachel. Um, <laughs> so. So, yeah. 
there was, I mean, there's just endless ways that we can pick ourselves apart Mm -hmm. as mothers and as fathers. And there's also endless ways where we can kind of praise ourselves for doing the best we can do. Yeah. Yeah. And also the stuff that we grew up watching is (laughs) very different from the stuff that our kids have access to now. I'm sure as my daughter days and cops was on, like we're just watching like a reality (laughs) show of like cops, like taken down. Bad boys, bad boys. Do you remember after what school? What you gonna do? Yeah, we were course. just watching like the slam dunk contest. Yeah, and because we're like, oh, the boys will love to watch that. Mm-hmm. And then like in between the commercials that came on, oh, where I'm like, la 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 la, oh, and like yeah. standing in front oh. of the TV and like trying to block it, and we can't find the remote, and it's like we can protect them as much as we can what when kind we of are. Commercials? Or, um, oh, yeah. No, I've, yeah. I mean, I don't even remember. So, I know, but there's so... like totally not appropriate for my not six-year-old who's watching. Who's And then both of my kids are extra sensitive in the last couple of years. So just not, we don't have the control over what, it's like you give a little and then they can see a whole lot more than you're allowing. Or like we have the, the parental controls on the devices, but it yeah, doesn't mean it doesn't... that it actually filters it things doesn't... out. No, it doesn't. Or, I know so... I've had the same thing with that. And it's like, how much do you want to protect and how much do you want to prepare? Right. And I struggle right. with that. Yeah. I'm like, no, she, she can't see that. Yeah. She can't know this exists. Yeah. She can't, th- you know, because it's going to put fear or whatever. And then I have friends like Brandy, our mutual yeah. friend, who's, they're so open about mm-hmm. everything and honest. And I totally value that and yeah. honor that. And I'm like, but I can't do that in all areas. Like it's just- No, but then also you can give just the right, in, like just the information they ask for. Like right. when there's something terrible that happens in the world mm-hmm. and the, at least at our school, they like listen to the conversations on the yard before they decide what to share. Because mm-hmm. obviously information that kids get from their peers is uh, scarier. Yes. Yeah. And incorrect usually mm-hmm. and can create a lot of anxiety because then you don't, kids don't know like that they can talk to a grown up about it because they heard this and it didn't come from a grown up and like, is this a secret? And mm. so being able to create an environment where kids can ask you questions and then give them just the right amount of information and not continue to like give mm-hmm. them the the crumb. And if they keep asking, give them a little more and a little mm-hmm. more. Um, there was um, like our school started to do sex ed or yeah. whatever they call it now. Yeah, they Health. call it something. Early, early, mm-hmm. early. So a very progressive small school. And one of the things is that there were kids like you, several years ago where there was a rumor that you bite off a penis and swallow it and it grows into a baby. Oh. So they were like, mm, I think <laughs> we should um, start this unit a little earlier yeah. so that we can you know, get on the other side of this um, mm-hmm. because kids on their own are super creative and often yeah. quite dark with their ideas. So yeah, we don't share everything with our kids and right. we definitely don't let them see things like the news because that's, that's terrifying. Oh that's worse than any commercial. <gasps> worse that's than anything. On, you're like, oh my God, no matter no, what. It's it, horrible. Like, and it's especially the way that it's presented as like something ex- like you got to it's, yeah. Oh, it's so we don't we don't do that, but we we're very open with yeah. our kids about. I think I just Briar just learned that like babies can are naturally you know intended to come out of the vagina. <laughs> like she didn't you know she didn't have any. She always knew like she was in my tummy or whatever. And I just yeah. explained it. She's like, but a baby's head, mom, <laughs> is this big? <laughs> she like showed with her hands. I was like, yes, honey. actually, it's bigger than that. Yeah. <laughs> and it comes out of a. Teen- 
tiny hole and he goes back to being that way. It was like this whole conversation. It was like blew her mind. She was like, what the fuck? Oh my God. When um, I was pregnant with Luca, my second, and we were ha- going to have him at home. Teo was three years and three months. And I thought, oh, well, I, I want him to be there. So we had watched mm-hmm. some videos of like families that were all present. And so he and I started watching some videos that are like... <laughs> of, oh. Some of the of, of other kids at birth. So not all like, not, got like it. Full frontal. Uh, not all full frontal, <laughs> but definitely where and he was only three. So it was like my mommy might make these funny sounds, listen to this mama. Sure. And there was one where we were watching and then the baby came out and it was quiet. And then he started clapping. And he I was like, <laughs> okay, you know what? He can be here. When uh, when when I actually was in labor, it was late night and I decided I didn't. Want to wake Actually, up. I probably didn't even realize he was or wasn't there. I was in my own thing, but then he wasn't. He wasn't there when when Luca was born. Um, but it was interesting to like. I know he walked into preschool and said after Luca was born, "My mommy pushed a baby out of her vagina, and there's a placenta in our freezer." Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're like, That's not me. all the parents will be thrilled. So you you're that. sharing that yeah, about the like, placenta. And we eat <laughs> yeah, it for yeah. breakfast. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, and I had a pill this morning and it was great. <laughs> no, I think that stuff's so cool though to share, you know? And the fact that you did a home birth twice. Yeah. That's so awesome. Like I always had a dream of like, I'm going to have like a water birth and it's going to be... Bo-. Did you do it in a tub or did you... No, just- I just labored in the tubs, but I both babies were born on our bed. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. That's wow. so cool. And my mom had home births. What? So both of, yeah, yeah, both my brother and I were born at home. So I think having that be normalized bef- yeah. before. And actually my dad had lived in this like hippie community mm-hmm. and had been at a few births before he was even with my mom. So he encouraged my mom to look into it when they were <laughs> pregnant with me, which doesn't usually go that no. direction. Right. No. So That's really yeah. cool. I just think about it and like going through it without drugs. Like what an amazing thing. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Our women's bodies are pretty amazing. It's so, so crazy. But I love the, the open dialogue and, you know, and wanting him to be there if it would have worked out. I mean, my husband, talk about the oh, other end of the spectrum. Opposite end. He watches the, th- th- I mean, you would probably cry <laughs> if you saw the things he watches with my children. With her, th- well, he's just turned four. But. Yeah, but it's insane. Scary things. Very. Oh, but not all kids are super affected by it. They're, they're obsessed. Like my youngest mm-hmm. is obsessed. Like he loves it. Everything's scary. It, it's, uh, yeah, it's a thing. My niece has always been fine with scary. It's not, I think it's some, a lot of it just has to do with your particular child. And if one of your children wasn't okay with it, then they wouldn't yeah. watch it. No, right. they're both yeah. okay with it. Mm-hmm. The only thing that really upsets me is that, so our, my father-in-law is staying with us and he's partially deaf. So he watches the news oh, really loud. Oh, that's tough. All day. That's tough. Which news? Like CNN. Okay. Yeah. He probably want to know if he's watching Fox News. <laughs> like Tucker Carlson. He, you know, he watches like local news, you know. Which is the worst. The worst. Because all yeah, it is all is like story. this baby was kidnapped yeah. and thrown off a cliff. And you're yeah. just like, but this dog is rescued from the wash. And yeah, it's like, all scary. It's all. All you know, of like it's fears. fears. Every single news story is fear-based. I'm yeah. like, where is 
And I talk about this like on Instagram. There's good news movement. Like, yeah, I love it. It's my favorite. Right? Like happy day podcast, yeah. whatever it is, you know, and it's like, why can we not have more of this fed to us? Why is everything fear? It's fucking awful. I think it too, the older people get because my mom does it too. And then they'll talk to each other about the bad things that are happening. Yeah. yeah. In front of Elliot, she'll be like, oh, the mass shooting. And, the <laughs> and I'm like, mom. Yeah. Like, can you please not? Like, Some people like aren't in tune with like, oh, like maybe we don't talk about this yeah. when kids are present, you know? Yeah. Like my husband. He'll yeah. talk about that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, like my no. stepdad sometimes, he like he, Briar's right there and like his sister will call me like, oh my God, you just got in a car accident. The car flipped over five times yeah. down the ravine. And I'm like, can we not? Like, <laughs> probably don't need details no. right now. Oh my goodness. Yeah, but there is that line of I like, know. you do have to, they are in the world they and are. of the world and yeah. you need to introduce them in bite-sized yeah. pieces. Yeah. And right? like disappointment yeah. is a thing in life. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, that they yeah. have to learn. And I'm always and trying conflict. to, in conflict. And what? sitting in I think like my, my older son was having trouble because he didn't want to do the math in right. class. He just didn't want to. And he, instead of listening, he would like just tune it out. He's totally capable of it. But I think to have to push through, it's like you have to train yourself to sit in something that's uncomfortable or that you don't like. Yeah. Or he had a conflict with a classmate yesterday and came home feeling really kind of challenged about it. And you can't solve that for them. You have to just say, I know that mm-hmm. that must really feel yucky like what can we do to like what's something that you can do tomorrow to try to repair Mm -hmm. and say you know what I had a hard time with math too and Mm -hmm. I had a tutor and also I've had conflicts with my friends and I know that really is so hard and being able to like not you can't fix it for them I mean even if you want to you can't so no it's impossible but gosh that's so hard to so hard to hear. Oh, it's horrible. It's, oh, oh, my oh. God. It's the it's worst. Like, oh, kids so mean. They're so mean. And you just have to try to give our kids, like, the tools and how to deal yeah. with certain things. But it's... And we had um, a therapist on, Lori Gottlieb, and she gave us great advice. She's like, when kids come home, you know, she's like, there's three words. Tell me more. So yeah, it's like... Love that. Yeah. We, I just keep... I keep yeah, Brian's I keep probably like, mom, do you know how to say anything else? Like, this is the only things going on. Yeah. Now, it's like, uh huh. Yeah, tell me more. Like <laughs> all the time, but it's it is helpful, you yeah. know. To try to get them to talk about it, and you know, handle. I'm telling you, you guys both have boys, girl. It's a whole other like the drama and like the friends and the best friends and who's playing with who. Like Ugh. it starts so early, and I didn't. Yeah, realize. we all lived it. We all yeah, lived, we it. lived exactly. it. We lived it. But now I'm having to oh. see it with my kid, and it's like. Oh fuck! Like we're gnarly. Yeah. Like girls are fucking gnarly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like out. Like they're cutting through. Like it's yeah, just no joke. And trying to navigate it is really interesting. And I have a very sensitive child. You know, who doesn't. You know, it, it, it's I think more challenging for her to like understand like how someone could yeah act that way or say those things. And it's yeah. it's just. This is basically about how hard it is to be a parent. Yeah. <laughs> and all you non-parents out there, don't listen non- to us. It's yeah. wonderful and perfect. Right. Oh yeah. Rainbows and butterflies <laughs> all day <laughs> long. Yeah. And Rob has two boys too. I mean, his youngest is only one, but 
you know, and in that's have, hard and it's other in a totally different way. Right. That all the stages are equally challenging and equally rewarding. Right. They so. really are. I know. I, it's kind of fun, like feeling like I have like my little bestie, you yeah. know, she's getting older and like more like hang out, like, come on, let's go. Whatever. Yeah. To the mall. Let's go to Claire's. Yeah. I think I have, <laughs> I have a little bit more. <laughs> let's go to the um, third street promenade and walk around like we did when we were kids. Oh my God. Love um, that. Loved it. <laughs> loved it. Yeah. My little one is definitely has more um, of, can be my, my little bestie. Yeah. Is there a mama's boy and a daddy's boy? Sort of. I think maybe my older one is more of a daddy's boy. My mm. little one just, it's like, it's like the most romantic relationship of my life. <laughs> yes. He like looks into my soul and like <laughs> touches my face. And I've just never, he is beyond. He's also an absolute terror. He is beyond. He's the hardest person. That is the hardest person I've ever had to deal with. But he is the <laughs> most loving kind, generous, devoted, heart-centered person. I He is divine. I oh, love it. And impossible. God. Oh my God. Aren't they all? Aren't the they good are. ones? Like I just swoon and then cry for how hard he is and then swoon for how sweet he is. Oh. It's beyond. I know. Isn't it kind of though the love you've always been? I don't know. For me, it's, I feel like the love I have with my boys is the love I was always searching for. Mm. You know, right? Oops. Or they're or they're brought here and they they're showing you things that like you really need to. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what Kevin says when Luca is particularly awful. Um, <laughs> he's like, "Why is this my lesson? Mm -hmm. Why why is this? Yeah, why is this my lesson? Right? It is. He is so hard. So yeah, but it is. It's like there's nothing that. I mean, we have to. We can't you put him back in. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> can't trade him yeah. for a, like a kid who wants to quietly sit in color, which would have oh. been nice if I had one who wanted to do that. Oh. Mm -hmm. But I feel like boys, in my experience with mm -hmm. all the friends that mm -hmm. just have boys, they don't just sit in color. No. Oh, Elliot does Elliot all day. Does. That's Elliot his favorite does. thing to do. But still, he's like, no, yeah, he does, actually. He lives to sit in color. Never mind. Mm -hmm. I take that back. Just want like one calm. Are you done? Yes. Yeah. Actually, I had a hysterectomy. I'm totally done. Did oh. you? Yes. I, not because I was like stoked to be done and wanted a hysterectomy, but I yeah. had um, some genetic tests that were just not nice. And mm. so, mm -hmm. yeah. So because I'm done having kids and because I'm, it, I just decided that that was the, wow. my doctors and I decided that that was the best course of action. So right. a year, Got almost it. a year ago, I had a hysterectomy. So then I'm for sure done. Yeah. But I was already done. You were done anyway. How are your hormones after that? I have a patch. Okay. So it's a little weird uh -huh. because, but I don't feel it. I never, I think whatever the dosage was, was works for me. So yeah. other than like a couple of pounds that are newly in one area of my belly and like the glue marks on my butt, I'm, I'm totally <laughs> fine. What, so what do they actually, hysterectomy, like what do they actually remove or what are they doing? You know, well, I I'm had sure everything know. out. Yeah. So everything. Okay. Yeah. Uterus. They take fallopian yep. tubes, ovaries and just gone. cervix and all gone. So then in it's laparoscopic and it was a short surgery and mm -hmm. really easy recovery. Weirder, like the emotional experience of having to do that. I mean, yeah. I'm, I hadn't started menopause. I it did. The whole thing was super kind of unexpected and sudden. My dad found out that he was a carrier for this thing called Lynch syndrome, which is 
kind of like BRCA is the common one mm-hmm. for, for breast, breast. cancer. Mm-hmm. So this is more colon and for women, the female cancers, which are very hard to detect and often too late once you can detect them. Oof. And like for uterine cancer, they can check the lining of your uterus, but it changes every month all through the month because you've shed your uterine lining. And so like there's really isn't a way to be like on top sure of it. Yeah. and on top of it. So um, the recommendation was for me to do a full hysterectomy. And when I went in to meet with the doctor, I thought she would say, oh, you're 42. Like, let's wait a few years. And she said, I'd like you on the schedule before the summer. <gasps> I was like, oh. So I think like coming to terms with it, my girlfriends had a circle for me. Aww. And it was in my mom's backyard and my mother-in-law and my mother were there and my that aunt and a group of, it was like that was the harder thing was to say, like, how does this change me as a woman? And also, like, I'm a home birther. It's like I'm I'm definitely not the first to go to any sort of medical interventions. Um, that's just like that's not how I was raised. It's really just not my comfort zone. And so to have to go so extreme without any like it's and I and I didn't have cancer. I wasn't diagnosed mm-hmm. with something where this was something to like relieve me of this awful thing that was happening. This is preventative. So the whole thing was such a mind fuck. But to be able to sit with my girlfriends and like honor this as my transition to this next phase of womanhood was Mm. really so special. And then I feel like once that, my sister-in-law's like, I mean, we all joke that like, I really love Kevin and he's really wonderful, but we all know that I married him for Amy. (laughs) And... So, I mean, Amy was literally in the tub with me when I had my second. I am completely in love with her. She (laughs) is beyond. And my mother-in-law and I have an incredible relationship also. So for them to also, Amy did this circle and led it and really like made that happen for me. And she had been at both of the births of my sons. And so to like kind of close out that chapter was Wow. Like made me ready to go through it. Like the surgery itself wasn't a big deal, but yeah. like the concept of it was such a big deal. Right. Yeah. I don't even think. But now I have the, 0% chance of ovarian and anything and uterine cancer or that's, pregnancy or pregnancy or pregnancy or periods. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's yeah. I, I totally. I, so my mom had breast cancer and I've, I want to check for the BRCA gene, mm-hmm. you know, and I know like, I feel like Angelina Jolie like famously yeah yeah removed her breasts because yeah. of that and it's definitely on my mind and I think yeah. if you can and have the means and whatever yeah to be preventative but yeah what but to go through that and to share that special you know yeah thing and it's beautiful it another is. reason why why women really mm-hmm. like having your girlfriends close and oh yeah really makes all the hard things less alienating Absolutely. Yeah. I always say I wouldn't have survived without. You wouldn't? No. (laughs) Did it affect your sex drive? I think that the Lexapro affects Mm. my sex drive more than the hormones. So I really have to like be to concentrate on it. Right. But on the other side, we don't have to worry about birth control. And in my 15 years of being with my husband and for most of it, I haven't been on the pill. I mean, I think I went off the pill probably just a few years into our relationship. Um, he's been pulling out for yeah, ever. Right. Yeah. So he's like, this is fucking sweet. It is. So <laughs> in some ways, it's better for our sex life. Yeah. Because like for all these years, it's been really great for me. 
Yeah. He always has to be like a little bit careful. And now he doesn't have to be a little bit careful. So I think there is something that came out of it that was also better in our sex life. So there was a little bit of both. And I think with the Lexapro, that's probably the only thing that I feel. And I don't think I even really feel it, but I know it's a side effect. So I think I get in my head about it. Right. What's placebo, like what's real. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. I could see that. But I have heard that about Lexapro. But again. Yeah. It's the common side effect is that like it can make it harder to orgasm and harder to like get interested. Lower your libido. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also like sometimes even without that, like you kind of have to like, even if you don't feel like it, you can feel like it if Mm -hmm. you get started. It's like the getting started part that can be. Yeah, because you're hard. Because <laughs> you're tired. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what I said to my husband. He was saying something about like, I feel like it, it's a chore or something, which I'm like, don't say that. This is the third time this week. Okay. It is a chore. Oh my <laughs> God. I mean, no, I'm they like, still have sex like, like three times a week, which is like mind blowing to me. I mean, I'm not, I don't have a husband. But I'm like, that, that, at that point, it is a chore because I'm tired. I've got yeah. to put the kids down. We got to get up, you know, and like, Sometimes it is hard to motivate to do yeah. that. You know, it's not like you're in your 20s and going out all night. And- yeah. And then you're so busy because you have to go to Pilates the next day and like right. maybe go to a work event. Right. Like you're definitely more tired. Yeah. The idea like of what we thought was tiring then. Oh like, my so God. Cute. That's why anyone who like doesn't have kids when they're like, I'm so tired. Oh, I'm like, you have no idea. No. <laughs> Like not a clue. Mm. No, sleep deprivation is real. Yeah. But also multitasking is like, even if I get a, a eight hours of sleep, I'm still exhausted because I'm like yeah. in oh, overdrive yeah. every right. minute of the waking hours of the day. I think that too. Yeah. If I get it, if I get eight, which is like hardly ever. Yeah. But if you do and you're like, I should be feeling great today. Yeah. And you're like, why am I still so tired? Because yeah. your brain never stops. No, it Even never if your does. body is like laying there for eight hours, yeah. like it's constantly... Planning, programming, yeah. you know. No, so like isn't. you're starting at a deficit. <laughs> you're right. You're, I guess yours isn't. Mine is in constant motion. Yours is like a I'm training my brain. Lou. She's training her <laughs> brain, dude. Are you a planner? Are you type A? Are you? No. no. I'm like a good enough kind of. Like I, mm. I like to have a plan, but I'm not type A. Okay. When's your birthday? August 9th. No. I, that's weird. I was like, yeah. I bet you're in August. But I thought maybe is that Virgo? Leo? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's Leo. And neither of us are Type A. It would be like nice for us to have like one person who wanted to like keep things all organized and tidy. But um, I think that if I was a perfectionist, things would be so much harder. Mm-hmm. I just I'm so lucky that that's not my personality type. It's not my. Neither of my parents are perfectionists like that. It allows for so much more flexibility in doing the best you can do. And my brother is a lot more of a, he's much more type A. Mm. We're very close and I love him very much, but he's definitely, he like went to architecture school. Like his handwriting is all the same size. Like we are not (laughs) the same like that. It's crazy how you can have two different kids and then be completely opposite. Totally. Same parents. Like you have that. It sounds like you have. Yeah. My mom and I were joking that I overshare so much and he undershares so much. Why couldn't we like, why couldn't I like have just share a little less so he could share like a right. little bit more? I love that you overshare. I do too. But that's just like, what's the point of undersharing? Right. Also, then it's in. 
when you hold stuff in, it comes out in other ways. It can come out in sickness. Oh. It can come out in panic 100%. attacks and hair falling out and oh all of God. it and hives that can just come out. It's going to come out. It's so much easier to just like speak it out. I move feel along. like it's generous. Thank you. Mm-hmm. It is. It's generous to the other person because then they feel a little bit less of whatever they're feeling because they're like, oh, mm-hmm. she said it for me. You know? Oh, yeah. I do think it's a generous quality. Rob's an undersharer. Stingy a- <laughs> Rob. Stingy Rob. No. I think a lot of men are undersharers. And I think some I of that, too. I mean, a lot of that's just cultural that we're raised to like women like gab and gossip in a way that like is part of our culture. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean that like all women do that or that all women are comfortable having women friends or that men don't share I happen to have a father that's very open and very communicative about feelings and experiences. And I think that having grown up with that being normalized is really helpful. Is Kevin? No, but he's <laughs> open, but he's definitely not an oversharer. Does he still make music? Yeah. Does he? He does. He doesn't make music as much as he would like or I would like, but Aww. he still, he recently got a new guitar and I think to have some reason to pick it up. He And instead of putting it away, it's in the living room. And I think having it in front of him really helps. And he'll even find ways where like for his business Instagram, if he needs to make a video, then he'll, instead of licensing music, he'll like go in the, in his studio and, and make something. And I think tapping back into that part of himself especially as a creative person who does something creative professionally, Mm -hmm. finding that that becomes your only creative outlet, which is always related to money, which takes out the creativity. The whole thing is really messy when what you do is creative and that becomes the only thing you do. Mm -hmm. So reminding him that he needs to play music in order to stay. It's like also the more you use, the more you have when it comes to ideas and Mm -hmm. creativity. And I've started to do ceramics and I had done it when I was younger, but now I really try to carve out as much time as I can for it because if, and I think it makes me do better creative work for my job just so to have another outlet. For yourself, having that outlet. Yes. And for, I used to be able to go to the studio more and lately I haven't found the time, but um, Alex, who's my right hand at, at work, um, got me a little wheel for my birthday. Aww. And it's like, Right now it's next to my boy's toilet because it was raining and I like had to just bring it inside. And that's the only place that's like by has a door that goes outside. And I sit outside on a toddler chair and it's really small (laughs) and I use the hose to clean up. And so it's definitely not ideal, but it is so wonderful. And it doesn't matter if anything is ugly and it doesn't matter if it's fabulous and it doesn't matter if I squish it. It's like to have something to do that isn't for any other reason. Right. But, and then I just, give pieces away. And I love it. That is oh, so that's sweet. Awesome. I, I love that. I've always yeah. wanted to take that up. Mm. I got Elliot one. For a wheel? Bri- a little wheel. T- to go on the table? Yeah. He can, I My think daughter's in ceramics class at What's the community it? center and she loves it. And she comes home with pieces and she just oh, like so envy. It's supposed to be it's, good because it uses both sides. Here, yeah. Like how piano <laughs> does Is that right? Mm-hmm. It's very meditative. Yeah. I could use that, you guys. Yeah. The sides of my brain need some exercise. It improves your dexterity. Yeah. Yeah, no, she. Uh, that's awesome. And yeah, she loves it. But yeah, I think there's a bunch of studios around and it's not, you kind of have to go for a while because it takes, even if you only make one thing, you have to go back 
first it has to dry, then you have to trim it, then you have to fire it, then you have to come back and (laughs) glaze it and then fire it again. So it just, it does take a little, a little while. Yeah. But the fact you can just like do it at home and. Yeah. And I let it dry and I put on the counter and then when it's dry, I drop it off because the studio is right by my kid's school. So even if I don't have time to go and work there, I can drop it off. Oh, that's so awesome. I think for me, like cooking is a lot like that, you know, just like therapeutically. Yeah turning it off and doing something for yourself. Yeah. Mine is yoga. I feel like that's like my... She loves yoga. I do. Yeah, I do. It's good for all of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm always like, I can't do yoga. (laughs) She gets so mad. I do get mad. I want her to do it. Then it won't be just for you. (laughs) I don't want her to do it with me. Let's get that straight. You just need to do it yourself. No, just I just like what it does for my nervous system. Yeah. You know? And I did recently start the Peloton and Rob high-fived me <laughs> yesterday morning. I felt really seen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was, she sent a screenshot of his name coming up on her Peloton oh screen. God. where it's in the class just for you. Thank That's you. for both Thank of you. you. How'd you know she was in the class? It tells you. I just finished mine. And then it said I had someone I knew. Like it just has your class. contacts or something? Yeah, we're friends on there. Oh, you guys are, you guys are Peloton friends? Friend. Oh my God, I, we have one. It has like um, laundry piled on it in the garage. <laughs> yeah. I was convinced, like, of course, during the pand- lockdown yeah. of the pandemic, I was like, I'm going to get a Peloton. <laughs> Wait, but, why are you laughing? We did. <laughs> <laughs> I just know because I can like picture myself. Like, there's no way. I just, I think I'd get motion sick was my real thing. No, I don't think you would. No. I am what if. You could. Really? Mm-hmm. You get motion sick, Rob? Mm-hmm. Do you take Dramamine on boats? Yes. You do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think you would get motion sickness. All right. I have no excuse. No excuse. It's Elton in the pod really room. It's really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. And I think that for me would be more the deterrent. <laughs> yeah. like how hard it is. There's easy classes, though. There's easy classes. The hard thing is getting on it. That's mm. the hard. Yeah. Yeah. The, that is Making hard. yourself do it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I happen to be kind of a lazy exerciser, like... You know, like if I'm taking a little jog, I'll be like, okay, to the stop sign. And oh, yeah. Like, or yeah, actually, yeah. like maybe like halfway to the stop sign. Right. Yeah. And then I'll be like, oh, I made three driveways. Like I'm totally like good for you. Yeah. yeah. I am not great at it. So I don't like interact with anybody on there. Or sometimes I'll like listen to like Krishna Das and go on a trail ride. I, it's like I can't I can't get into being like barked at. Oh, wait, like, do they? They can't see you. No. 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 Okay. No. No. So you don't have to. And like you can see who's like winning or like doing the best or whatever, but you also can hide it. Like you can hide. I'm in the bottom third every time. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Or bottom 10 people. I would feel judged. (laughs) Are you competitive? No. I don't see you though. No. No. Even in fashion? No. Awesome. That's really great quality. I feel like there's enough to go around. There is. I mean, I can feel sorry for myself about something. Like I can feel hard on myself, but I don't feel like I need to work harder to be like her. Correct. Right. Yeah. So did you ever have that even when you were young? Not really. Yeah. I mean, probably with my brother, but like, like I want to be successful, but I don't need to be successful at the expense of anybody else's success. And I don't really think that that promotes success. 
And you and no. you and Kevin seem like super supportive of each other and there's no competition between. Well, we're both. She's like, there is my kind of. Yeah. Except with my husband. Yeah. Although <laughs> we, we are an amazing team. We are both very dominant personalities oh, too. He's, he's an Aries. I'm a oh. Leo. Like we're very fiery. We're both used to being leaders in our own worlds. And yeah. um, I think... He's like, I came in and you were like the queen of your world. And then I had to kind of like live in your world for a while. And like he got tired of having to be. And so because he's he's really dominant in his own way. So um, we definitely can tend towards being competitive with each other, but also kind of only on the surface. Mm -hmm. We're really supportive each other right. yeah even you're like i just i wish he was making more music it's just yeah. so sweet the but f- also that's like we we all fell in love at a different state of our lives like i right. it was like he would write songs and like he was in a band yeah i remember it's like it was so hot and being able to see him on stage that was such a big part of our early years together right. so to not have that and um right so it's something like nostalgic and brings yeah. back that time yeah yeah, I totally get that. I, I yeah. <laughs> so I want it for him because I also see that it fulfills him. But I right. also want it for me because it's hot. And right. right and You're I, like, no, I yeah. get something from it. Yeah. That's why I want you to do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the annual, you have to sing the song for me on my birthday. He's like, oh, like he'd rather <laughs> sing for a room full of people than to just like have this like awkward, <laughs> like sit in front of me. <laughs> but That's I love amazing. it. And he knows I love it. So. <laughs> That's really, really cute. Sweet. Yeah, that's really cute. That's really cute. You hear that, Kevin? Yeah, 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 Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna play the song on here. Playing the song. Yeah, we should. Im- we have to embarrass him somehow, right? Well, is that embarrassing or is that just promoting? It's promoting. It's gonna be amazing. So amazing. Oh, yeah. No, because it'll be good. I'm sure you could think, or I could ask. I mean, I'm we sure could phone a friend. Stories. Yeah, <laughs> like we could definitely call people. Um, should we do the thing that we were going to do? The Yeah. Yeah. We have a new game. Rob's going to be mad. That we we're, yeah, that. Rob's going to be Rob. mad. Okay. We're all going to say. <laughs> <laughs> this is our own circle. We're all going to say two truths and a lie. And then we have to try to figure out. Which one the lie is. Yeah. It's fun. Okay. I have three because I thought of them. Okay, go. I didn't think of them. Okay, I have three. Well, it's kind of like, well, you know me so well. Whatever. It's just a game. Um, Sue Plantation is my favorite restaurant. I'm good at basketball. And I've never been in a helicopter. You're not good at basketball. When do I reveal things? Once everybody's everybody's gone. I think you've never been in a helicopter. I still want to change my answer to that one. Too. You, you want to? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I think she thinks she's good at basketball. She for sure thinks she's good <laughs> at basketball, guys. And I know Sue Plantation's true. And she loves Sue Plantation. Yeah, so she's, she's never been in a helicopter. I think she said that before. She has been in a helicopter because didn't you get helicoptered to the hospital when they used the Jaws of Life? She doesn't remember being in a, <laughs> she doesn't remember being in a helicopter because she was unconscious. Now do I answer? Yeah. Yeah. Because you guys have all gone. Mm-hmm. Um, the lie was never been in a helicopter. But it wasn't because of the Jaws of Life. I forgot about that one. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a helicopter in Dubai. What? 
Wait, what? <laughs> that was what I thought of. No, the lie is I've never been in a helicopter because I have been in a helicopter. And the helicopter I thought of was the one I went in in Dubai. I completely forgot that I had been in a helicopter unconscious after a car accident. When I was no, 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 you no, no, no. Wrong. You did it wrong. I did. You, if the have you lie, been in a helicopter in Dubai? Yes. <laughs> then, 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 that's the lie that I've never been in a helicopter. Okay, got it. Okay. okay. Right. I know I make yeah. sense. Yeah, but Rachel, are you <laughs> no, with me? But you have been in a helicopter. Right. So that's the lie that I've never been in a helicopter. Yeah, I guess that's right. I guess that's right. Why is my I, brain not? I was it? reversed on that too, but now okay. but I'm not I know I did now. this right. And I am good at basketball. I know I'm little, but do you not remember Muggsy Boats? I know I'm dating myself. Mini Chips Ahoy. I remember Muggsy. He promoted Mini Chips Ahoy when we were kids. (laughs) This is all the TV I watched that we talked about, guys. Okay, Lou, go. Um, I think Rob should go. Okay, Rob. All right. Um, My favorite restaurant as a kid was Sabaro's. That's to be true. I used to be a projectionist at a movie theater, and I've never been in a helicopter. He's the never lies, been in a helicopter. The lies to borrows. No. The lies the helicopter. Yeah. Yeah, I've been in a helicopter. You have? Yeah. So Sabaros was the lie? No. I've, I've never been I've in never a been helicopter. Never been in a helicopter is a lie. He took your script. You <laughs> I didn't get my own thing. <laughs> This game is real confusing. <laughs> that was it's just my lie is confusing that yeah. you would dodge the double it. negative. <laughs> yeah, really. I know. Okay, we're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> I understand what you mean, like the double net, because it's yeah, confusing yeah. to the brain. It so, is. Don't use a never as your lie. All right, we can. I'm an example of how not to play this game. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm lactose intolerant. I'm ambidextrous, and my favorite food is pizza. Well, two of those contradict. Yeah, because lactose intolerant and pizza is what he said. You can't have your favorite thing be something you can't eat? Pizza's not your favorite thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm going pizza's a lie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say pizza's <laughs> a lie. It's tacos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no! It is pizza. Oh, I did too. Because well, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're ambidextrous. You guys are No, you're dyslexic. And so you... <laughs> you guys are killing this game. Yeah. I did it too. It was her game too. Yeah. And she just did two lies in a trip. <laughs> Wait, oh, what was the other lie? we're setting you. Oh, I'm not, I'm not lactose perfectly. intolerant either. Yeah, you are. Oh, yeah, I am. Oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. <laughs> Rob's like, this is why everything has to be cleared through me. <laughs> Please play with us. Yeah. You, we've set you up to do great, though. Okay, but why? Like, my brain isn't functioning. No, because it's hard. Okay. Yeah, you got to tell is. people like, this at, like, the beginning of the interview, so they got time to think. Well, then, then, they're, then they're in their heads. Okay. Um, I've traveled to Bolivia. I've had malaria. And my favorite ice cream is chocolate. I feel really sorry that you had malaria. <laughs> Maybe it's my malaria. <laughs> Maybe it's the lie. I think you like vanilla or strawberry. Or Do we see like a vanilla ice cream? 
No. <laughs> I'm vanilla over chocolate. So it's it's oh, not fair. an insult. That's fair. Yeah. I am too. I am too. So you're safe. Um I just can't think that I feel like I, I feel, feel like, like chocolate isn't your favorite ice cream though. That's I what I'm going with. I, me too. That's what you're going with? That, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I've never been to Bolivia. Oh, oh my god. You fucking had malaria? I did. What can you explain? Yes. When I was 19, I went to I did like a program in Kenya for a summer and I got so sick. I was oh, living no. with a family and I got so so sick. And I stopped taking the at the now I think there's better pills you can take, but it was making me so crazy. And I was having these horrible dreams and feeling like mm. super sick. So I stopped taking the larium that I had and I had to like get, I was 19. I had to get from this village to like the Peace Corps doctor, however many hours away. And it was, I like, don't even know how I got there. I was like hallucinating with oh fever my God. and I was on a, like a truck with like a goat and like <laughs> people, I had to like write down when I wasn't like where I had to go and I would just show someone and I don't even know, but I ended up getting to where I needed to go and got a shot and was wow. way better. But it was so gnarly and I was so young and I was so, it was so scary by myself. That's horrible. It was horrible. But also then it was like, I I survived it. Yeah, I survived malaria. Yeah, I survived yeah. malaria. All so that you can bring it here for the two truths and a lie. (laughs) You're the only one that actually played the game. I won the game. Yeah, you you won won the the game. The girl who's not so competitive. Yeah. (laughs) See? (laughs) Oh, man. We're going to have to work on our skills there. I legit did two lies. You literally (laughs) did two lies. Whatever. Three. three you did, you actually <laughs> three. I didn't. You didn't. We no. Yeah. We try we wanted to switch it up because normally we do fuck Mary Kill at the end. And we're like, we're gonna do a different game. Rob's and Rob's like, you idiot. Dum dum. <laughs> it was entertaining, uh, to say the least. Oh my goodness. Oh, what about did we have any of those questions? Well, Maybe just a couple safe ones, okay. not too oh. not too no. crazy. Oh, no, these are the no's. You have you where did you put the yeses? What's your biggest panty dropper? <laughs> Her face. <laughs> it's not expecting that. <laughs> I think Kevin playing the song for me on my birthday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. What are your thoughts on unsolicited dick pics? Oh, I don't want that. No. no unsolicited no. is yeah. the, no. No one does. Nobody does. Well, maybe men like that, like dick pics. unsolicited <laughs> yeah. dick pics. No, <laughs> what? Go for it, Rachel. <laughs> this girl loves this question. It's her favorite. You know which one it is, Rob? So the three people. No, no. <laughs> the period sex. No. If you could only watch one movie oh, for the rest of your life, oh, what would you pick? I think I'd pick Waiting for Guffman. No, good. So funny. You it came is. up with that very easily because I feel really like good. I have been waiting. <laughs> now I'm gonna go. Like, yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe I need to go home and watch that. Yeah, I haven't see? watched that in a long We're time. Inspiring. <laughs> Great question. <laughs> you heard it here. Yeah. <laughs> Are there dreams inside of you that you've yet to fulfill? Yes, I hope that. 
I hope that I always do. Mm -hmm. I hope that at 90, I still have dreams that I want to fulfill. I think that having stuff to reach for is like part of what has to get us up every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing the same job for 20 years. Like I know that there's something for the next, that there at some point there will be another professional iteration that maybe isn't this. And I don't know what that is or if that's, you know, maybe I'll be a doula. Maybe I'll be a ceramicist. Maybe I'll be a podcaster. (laughs) Yeah. Dreams can come true. Yeah. And also thinking about like being inspired by people who have moved in the last couple of years and thinking about like, I was with some friends last night and one moved to Kauai and is is like, should I come back? And one just moved to Hudson Valley and it's like such a different experience than living here. She was saying like, it's like I was like a tomato plant in this pot and then I was taken out of the pot and now now (laughs) I'm this like giant, like where do you find your edges and like how much potential that has. So Mm -hmm. I hope that that there are like continue to dream about a million things. Yeah. I like that. I do too. I like the um, tomato pot analogy. I know. I, that, that stuck with me. Yeah. I like it. It's a good one. Like you need a, a bigger pot and, but also like, do you need a pot or can you just like get planted <laughs> and then have infinite? Oh, and we don't know always what that is. It's going to yeah. change all the time. Yeah. Right? It can be very unnerving to not know, but, and mm-hmm. untethered, but also, really exciting. I haven't had anything like that. Like in so long, I haven't, I've lived in the same house for 10 years. Yeah. I've been in my business for 20 years. And like the idea of like what there, you know, I'm like in a tomato pot. Sure. (laughs) Right. And I'm not ready to get out of the tomato pot, but eventually like how exciting. Yeah. That is exciting. I feel like when I moved away, because we moved away for three years up North for a bit. And I feel like that did that mm. for me, not yes. just being there, but also coming back. Yeah. I feel more free in LA and I feel like I have more room for growth than yeah. I did before I left. Yeah. Which and is- perspective and probably an appreciation exactly. for this. Yeah. You massive. love, yeah. Oh, I am very into LA now. Yeah. <laughs> did you have another card or no? Are we? Right. These are not good for her. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they're not. Okay, no. They don't apply. They but do I not apply This was to such you. an amazing conversation. And I, I just love how open you were and willing to share all that you shared. And thank you. Thank you for, Thanks for bringing having that. Me. Yeah. Rob, you failed to mention a lot of synchronicities that happened. I don't think I can talk about most of them. Why? They're all related to things that I'm not allowed to say because of you. Because of me? Yeah, things that you don't want said. People should know. Shut up. <laughs> that we talk about a lot of things that have to be cut out. I've been coughing for two weeks. Yeah. Two and a half weeks. Is it getting any better? Calvin's <laughs> also been coughing for like a week. I don't know. I'm really sick of it though. He doesn't know how to cough. So <laughs> what does he do? He, well, he doesn't know how to like clear his throat. <laughs> oh, bless you. He doesn't know how to clear somebody his... knows how to sneeze. <laughs> Sorry. He doesn't know how to clear his throat, so he's just like, yeah, aggressively coughing. <laughs> and then Vincent will mimic him. Oh. Like... <laughs> oh, bless you. My Sorry, God. My allergies are crazy. My God. All right, what we got? What we got today, guys? 
Yeah, you both are on your phones. This is I'm, great. I'm cool video. I love you. Is he saying I love you? That's what it sounds like. He's like looking <laughs> his tongue. I read something that said babies usually say dada first because sound is easier to make. No, because they don't identify separate from their mother until they're older. Like their mom is them, you know, like they're part of the mom. So the first person that they know, if there's dad in the picture, is dada. And that's why they say dada first. I heard it was what Rob said. I always heard that too, but then I read that recently and I thought, well, I don't know if it's true or not, but it was an interesting. He'll say mama when he's like upset mm. and crying. That's But really he said dada first, right? Yeah. And yeah. now he calls everything a bus. Buh. <laughs> point. A bus. Yeah. He loves trucks and buses. That's really cute. Like when I take him to Maru and a bus comes by, he like freaks out. He goes, bus, bus, bus. <laughs> Why do they like them so much? I, I feel like dump trucks. They're like garbage trucks. Yeah, I mean, loves like garbage huge. trucks. Yeah. They call our kids, well, Shepherd Garby. They <laughs> say Garby. And then every week when the garbage truck comes, he goes and runs and finds Jeff and makes him take him outside to see it. <laughs> yeah. It's a phenomenon. This is Elliot. This is Jeff. This is my brother. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say your brother, but... <laughs> Oh, speaking of which, I got in a fight with my brother last night, which was not fun. I would love to hear your guys' opinion. Mm -hmm. Maybe I was wrong. Let's hear it. Okay. So I was in class yesterday, and I get these text messages from Elliot saying, help me, help me. David just yelled at me and cussed at me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay. So, and then he texts me back. Are they still butting heads, by the way? Yeah, they butt heads. Then he texts me back saying, we made up, we're good. So when I get home, I sit the two of them down and say, what happened? Your brother and Elliot. My brother and Elliot. I said, what happened, guys? And Elliot tells me what happened was Shepard hurt his finger and was crying hysterically. And my brother picked him up and said, oh, I don't think that hurts that bad. And Elliot got defensive for him. And he was like, he's a baby. And Elliot had been yelling at my brother all day. It was my brother's birthday, too. So it's like... So happy birthday. So happy birthday. So Elliot was relentless yesterday. And at a certain point, my brother just simply yelled, stop fucking yelling at me. We don't do that. We don't cuss at our children under any circumstances that's ever happened. So it freaked Elliot out. So when he's telling me this conversation, I explained to Elliot, you cannot yell at your uncle constantly. It's relentless. It's working on his nerves, all these things. And I said, and David, maybe we can agree not to cuss at Elliot. He got so mad at me for that. David did? So mad at me saying that it was disrespectful because basically I'm, what's the word? Um, Mom's planning? Negating him or What's like, yeah? You're, there's um, another word. Yeah, you're negating the other, your brother. No, it's the word when you um, neglect. No, no, when you when you throw yeah. someone under the bus. Yeah, but it's or when you oh. when the other undermine me, undermining. undermining. Yeah, <laughs> we got there. Say, say and no. s- 
So he was basically saying I was undermining him. And I hear what he's saying. He's like, because they're already having a hard time getting along. Yeah. So he's, he's there, the one taking care of him all day. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I, and you sat him down like he was another child and talked to him like he was the third kid. Yeah. Instead of privately. I That's what he said. He said, the only thing I ask is not that you say it, but that you do it privately as adults. Right. He's yeah. right. Yeah, I think he's, he's right. right too. But he wasn't right to yell fucking at a seven-year-old because, you know, but he has a point as well. Right. And he's like, you know, you have to know I love your kids with all my heart and I would never, and I do trust him completely. Like he would never be mean to them. He was just more frustrated, like stop fucking yelling at me, Yeah, you know, but then him and Jeff talked about it because then the story got told to Jeff. From whom? From Elliot. Uh And we were sitting there. And Jeff simply goes to Elliot, well, you shouldn't yell at adults. <laughs> right. And so then. So Jeff knew how to handle it. Right. So then when they left the table, David took my brother aside and thanked no, him. No, no, no. Jeff took David took aside. Jeff aside. Yes. David took <laughs> Jeff David aside <laughs> and thanked him for the way he handled it. In front of you, he made sure you saw him. No, I wasn't there for that. <laughs> but then Jeff's like, yeah. That's what Olivia does to me, too. Like, sits Jeff, you sit Jeff down? But he just threw you under the bus like you threw him under the bus. Jeff? Jeff no. threw you under the bus yeah. just like you threw David under the bus. Yeah, well, I do. I, it, when there's a big fight in the house, and this is what my brother was saying. He goes, yeah, but when you do that with Jeff, you guys are the parents. Right. Yeah. Like that's different. You're, you know. Right. But also you shouldn't do that to Jeff in front of the kids either. But if Jeff cussed at the kids, I would absolutely say, and Jeff, do you think we could agree to not cuss at the kids? But they're saying you should do that in private, not in front of the child. Yeah. That's how Natalie and I handle it. How about you, Rachel? Do you have any uh, thoughts on conflict in front of children? I was going to say, I understand in the moment, Lou, if it happens and you just say to Jeff, like, you know, we don't, don't, we don't cuss at the kid. Like that'll just come out naturally. Right. But yes, I do agree. I think that certain things need to be handled in private. Yeah. I could see it happening like in the heat of the moment. I'm actually surprised that Natalie will like hold her tongue <laughs> if there's something good. Cause she also is very critical, <laughs> <laughs> but she can, I guess. But yeah. Can, I need to work hold, on that. She can hold back if like Calvin's there to not like, completely undermine what I'm saying so that it's he doesn't hard. listen. It is hard. It's very hard. Yeah. Especially when you know you're right. Well, apparently in this situation, no, it I'm wasn't. Not saying no, you, you, were were to- you weren't totally right. You were, you were right about <laughs> not the situation. Cussing. Yeah, yeah but not about- cussing. But it is, it's more that Elliot can't yell all day at, or whatever it was. Is that what Jeff said? At adults. Him? Yeah. 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 Well, he's like, or anyone. Right. Yeah, you're like, no, it's fine. You can yell at your... (laughs) Yell at your brother all day long. Yeah. Okay, so look at teachable moment. Well, takes a lot to be able to acknowledge when you're wrong. Yeah, I guess I was wrong in that situation. I wasn't totally like, oh, you're wrong. But hearing how Jeff handled it, Jeff really has had some wise things lately. He's just really sometimes, not always... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that guy's insane. Can I tell you guys something? Yeah. yeah. I freaking, I woke up the other day 
on a Saturday and my brother's like, your husband's on one. And I was like, what's up? He's like, he's, he's been up a long time. And then Jeff walks in the room, like he's been going for hours. It's like seven in the morning on a Saturday. And I'm like, what is up? And he's like, I just got off the roof. I just, (laughs) he's like, I went up to watch the sunrise and finish a book on the roof. And I was like, I think you need help. I think you need to move. Yeah. What, wait, what is going on? So do you find that normal? Knowing Jeff, I'm like, yeah, he went on the roof. He wanted a nice little view to peaceful to read his book. There's not a lot of peace in your household. Everyone was sleeping. It was the <laughs> middle of the night. What time did he wake up to go up there? 1 a.m. He oh, got up what? at 1 a.m. And stayed up there till 6? Stayed. I don't know if he was on the roof the whole I'm time. I'm just thinking, yeah, is he uncomfortable? Like, that would hurt my oh, butt. Like, I don't know. All I know is the dude took a book up onto the roof and watched the sunrise while reading his book. What book was he reading? I, he wants to tell me all about it. Fifty Shades <laughs> of Grey. <laughs> I just thought it was a bit extra. Yeah. But knowing Jeff, it's like, no, like I, like I see Jeff going. Is he an insomniac? Does he have problems sleeping? He's. I don't know what he. I don't know. I just love David being like, "Dude, your husband's on one." <laughs> <laughs> he said he came into the into the the day we got up to go pee in the middle of the night at like three in the morning, and Jeff's like, "You're gonna go to the meeting in the morning, man." Like you're gonna. Like a, he's like like a drill sergeant. In the middle of the night. That's pretty funny. I love when Jeff gets on one, though. The stories are endless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and just just that you're, you have your brother as a witness now. Because like you, it's like, whatever, it's your husband, you know? But now you have another party just being like. So we have a new nanny. Another new nanny? No, no, it's the same nanny. Okay. And she's always on her phone, like yeah. on phone calls. Like talking on the phone? Yeah. Well, I, I work in the basement. Right. So I can hear when she's talking. upstairs. And Natalie, like, is on the back studio. So she's not around to see it. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've like, said to Natalie a couple times, like, man, she's on her phone a lot. And she said, do you want me to say something to her? And I was like, I don't know. I don't think so. Because it's going to be awkward. And I'd rather just leave it. Even though it seems weird that she's on her phone all the time. Is that not weird? I've had that issue. What did you do? Well, and the thing is, Natalie has no problem just like saying yeah. things to her. How would she do it? Can you? She would text her. And say? I don't, I don't know. She, I want you to try and figure out like how, if you, like how would I mean, Natalie do it? She sent me a text that she's texted her yesterday. I think I need to be a little bit more like Natalie. Also, I have two small feedback things I would love to note with you before I forget. Oh, dang. Could you please make sure to wake Vincent up between 2.15 and 2.30 every day unless I tell you something different? But that way, it can be his default wake-up time and I don't have to text with the time. And the other thing is making sure Vinny is changed within 15 to 20 minutes of pooping, please. Oh, He has such sensitive skin, I want to make sure he doesn't get a diaper rash if possible. That's great. My response was just awkward. Yeah, no, that's intense. <laughs> no, the, the intense part is like, can I offer you some feedback, basically? Feedback. Like, yeah, like, I don't know. I'd be scared of Natalie if I was the I'd nanny. be petrified. Yeah. I'm like a little scared of Natalie, <laughs> as is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, 
I don't know. So, so like, I, I feel like the nanny might hate. <laughs> no, but they like, they get along and they like, they she do? talks to her about her like dating life. Okay. okay. And like, so they're homies. They, I think if you get Natalie, you get that it's not. It's just how she, it's very like, straightforward. It's a, it's a hundred percent exactly how Jeff yeah. would text the nanny. Yeah, yeah. He'd be like, listen, this, da, 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 da. Yeah. And then I the nanny say, likes. I barely yeah. say like, hi, I'll say hi to her. Like, good morning. And that's like our interactions. So me t- oh. telling her anything, but I think the phone thing would sound like it's coming from me because I'm the only one that would know yeah. that she's on the phone. So she's just going to hate time. you. Yeah. <laughs> so, but isn't there a way to say it where it's like. Oof. I think she's like my sister. My sister's that way where she just has to be talking to someone all the time. That's how she always was. Where she, she'll just like. How old is she? She's in her 20s, like early 20s. I'm the same way. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You need to be talking to someone? I talk to you. Oh, all I know. Day. Like we don't stop talking. And then long. she'll drive to me and we're still talking on the phone. You know what I mean? Like if I'm doing the things and like do folding whatever and putting like I'm on the phone. Yeah. Which I guess if the scenario is she, which I think she's wearing like AirPods mm-hmm. and she's hands free. Mm-hmm. I guess it really doesn't matter. Is she, is she doing, she's just talking. It's she, not like, like she's I went on up, the phone. I went up to get some water and like she's feeding Vincent and she's has headphones in and is like talking to someone on the phone. See, that would bother me because I'd want her present with the baby. Yeah. So that I would say you could say something about. Like I'm fine. Like you could even say like Natalie can say it if you want. Like it's yeah, totally fine. Wait, does You're, Natalie agree though that she shouldn't be on the phone? Uh, she doesn't witness it. Okay. I'm the one witnessing because right. I could hear it. And then she's always like, sounds like you want me to say something. And then my response is, no, I'm just, just observing it. This is what I would say in that situation. I would say, I just want you to know it's a hundred percent cool and fine. If you're on the phone when the baby's down, when the baby's taking a nap, or if you, you know, the baby's engaged in something, but when it comes time to feeding and playing, these are really learning rich opportunities to have interaction. And we want to make sure to be stimulating the most interaction we possibly can. That's what I would say. Yeah. I think my initial reluctance was that we really need an Annie and need help. And it's hard to find a nanny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think like she needs the job. She needs the work. She likes the job. She likes the work. She so likes I, the kids. Yeah, she likes the boys. Does Calvin like her? Yeah, I mean, Calvin's at camp most of the time. So it's really just her and Vincent. So I'm less concerned about that now. Of like, well, she's going to hate this and she's going to quit. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that talking is better than just like having your phone down texting all day. Yeah. Personally. Right, right. I was yeah, picturing yeah, I her texting and on Instagram or whatever, like her phone in her hand, which no, is no, it's different. No, no, on actual phone calls. That's so weird to me because I hate talking on the phone. So I'm like, I could never. Except, you talk on the phone to me. To you. I talk to like three people on the phone. You, my mom, and, and Leah. Leah. Yeah. Sometimes Jill. Yeah. But I don't talk to people on the phone otherwise. We're but people. The, well, no, but I mean like the mass. Like, like real people. Yeah, like real people. Like oh. famous people. She means famous people. Oh. That's Rob. <laughs> yeah, that's Rob. Rob only talks to famous people. He only goes to coffee with famous people. You seen anyone lately? 
No. Literally, no. <laughs> no. Uh, are, are you lonely? Am I lonely? <laughs> what are you are texting you me, Rob? tonight? You know, I have come to be a little too comfortable with just cuddling with my daughter. I, I often think, like, I don't know if I ever want anyone else in my bed again. Oh, dear me and my spinsterisms. We've talked about this a lot. I think couples who have separate bedrooms or separate beds. Was I watching something or was I reading something? Ooh, watching a couple mm. slept in separate beds. Was it I Love Lucy? <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered as a kid, you know? Yeah. Because that's one of my favorite shows of all time. They were in separate twin beds, but that was very common in the 50s. No, it's not that it was common in the 50s. Is that they weren't allowed to show it? To show it. On TV? Correct. They but couldn't. it was common for people to sleep separately then, wasn't it? That's what one would think because of the way television portrayed it, but I don't think so. That was a TV thing. We need to check this. Yeah, we do. How would you feel about sleeping in a separate bed or having your own she room? Does. Great. Oh, you do. <laughs> I try to sleep stay separate. Very far away from Jeff while I sleep because he snores. That's a thing. Mm. Okay. Snore. It's I'm awful. It, I'm scared. Like whomever, whenever. If they snore, I don't think I can do it. I will never sleep. You I, don't think you could do what? Like sleep next to someone every night that snores. I don't I don't understand. And, are, and you're too codependent to sleep in a different room? No. Oh. I could definitely sleep in a different room, but... but there, there's a solution. <laughs> but not what if it's like the beginning and you want to be like with the person. Yeah, you get bad sleep. You tell them they're snoring and you can't sleep. I feel like so you get gonna... bad sleep no matter what, though. Like when you first start dating yeah. someone, people that can just sleep, I find more instances men can just fall asleep, sleep great, whatever. The first couple nights, like a woman is with like a new dude, whatever, and you're sleeping over. Even if I was sleeping over with like someone who was a new friend, that was a girl and it's not romantic. I don't think I could sleep soundly. What are you worried? Is it being in a different environment or is it? You're I don't think worried so. about something because I I will have a hard time sleeping at a different place, but yeah, at a I'd, different place for sure. Someone no, but, in my bed could be anyone. No, I think even someone new in my bed, I'd be like, mm, like not be able to sleep fully. Do you think you're gonna toot? No. Yeah, what is it? What is it? That's <laughs> what I was thinking. What are you concerned? No, about? it's just a comfort thing. I don't know. I don't know. The wake up, the wake up routine. With someone new. Like, your th- oh, like morning breath, like all of it, you know? Yeah, it's a thing. Guys, I find, don't care. Because they don't. Yeah. They're like, hey, good morning. Yeah, and you're like. So you, you are putting all this weight on it. And then they don't <laughs> care at all. <laughs> well, so it's know. all for nothing. I mean, you know, my mind has mm-hmm. a little hamster that just doesn't stop. I think most people feel that way. The first, the beginning, it's hard to sleep because you're like, it's hard to sleep because you're concerned about farting. No, I was concerned about tuning. I'm not. You know, but I was watching a movie last night 
And it was just like this couple that started dating. And you know, that first, like all the questions and like the vibing and the flirting. And it was so cute. And I was like paying attention to what they were asking each other. For next yeah. time you're on a date? No. Rob. Okay. For what? Just uh, human you observation. You were just paying attention. She's to the like, movie I was just watching. actually paying attention. <laughs> I was for once in my life, I was paying attention. <laughs> but you know, like the questions. And I'm like, is that cheesy or is that genuine? Like, where do you want to go in life? I want to go to soup plantation because it doesn't exist anymore. Look, <laughs> don't even. I do want to go there, but no, I, I, I definitely want to go to soup plantation. I definitely. <laughs> No, I mean, I would, yeah. But like, you know, just those questions. I think it's cool to watch things or read things that really make you think. <laughs> it's a new thing for me, paying that, attention. Yeah. It's <laughs> wild, right? <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> that there's like content out there that makes you think a little bit. You know, like the past life stuff, what we've touched on. And it's like, sometimes you'll know things you, you have no idea how. Mm-hmm. We were playing trivia on my family vacation. And I knew so many things. No idea how. Really? Yes. Like what? Well, it's also because you watch Jeopardy every night before you go to bed. But how do I know all the answers to Jeopardy? It's the same point. I didn't learn all that stuff. I think you probably learned this stuff. You just have a terrible memory, so you don't remember where. No, like there was one question that was so obscure, and I was like, that's when the gold rush started, and da-da-da, blah-blah-blah. And they're like, that is literally exactly the answer and the date. No clue. That's creepy. I know. So maybe I was in the gold rush is my point in my past life. Maybe, because I know it's not that you're studying. <laughs> Imagine if that's my new thing, is studying the gold rush. <laughs> what, game were you, what game were you playing? I don't know. Is it Bezzer Wizard? I'm not sure. I wasn't reading the questions. or I don't know the any of that stuff. But don't you think it's interesting, though, when you know things, you have no idea how? All the time. Yeah. There's things that come out of my mouth constantly. Mm-hmm. You know. You'll be like, repeat that. I'm like, I can't. No, yeah. I have no fucking like, idea where that came from. Yeah. Not Rob, a clue. How about you? Rob's like, I know nothing. <laughs> Have you guys been watching the new season of Righteous Gemstones? I've never seen no. any Righteous oh, Gemstones. You should. I it's really it funny. It's very good. All right. What Have am you I... not seen any of it? I saw the first season. First season. Yeah. They're in like three or four now. Really? Yeah. What do I need to watch? You watched Beef yet? No. That was watch, great. You should watch Beef. I'll download that. Okay. I still have Bad Sisters to watch. Bad Sisters is good. I haven't watched that either. Oh, we could do that together. Mm-hmm. Drops of God on Apple TV Plus is good. We just finished that. Drops of God. Any movies? It's like a wine. Sometimes I like to watch a movie on a plane. <laughs> Sometimes you should watch, like watch uh, Infinity Pool. Alex Skarsgård. No, he recommends things that I'm that never are not watch. in her. She wants to watch like you've got mail. An infinity pool. You should <laughs> Have you watch tried that one? Infinity pool with Mia Goth and Alexander Skarsgård. No, she's not going to. Probably not. It's about um, they're on vacation, and in an infinity pool. Nope, there's an infinity pool though. Um, and he accidentally runs someone over when they're like <gasps> they go on an excursion. They're told like not to leave. The resort, they're an inclusive resort, and but they run off with this like other couple. Yeah, and as they're driving back, he like hits a farmer and kills the farmer in the middle of the night because the lights and the car are like going out. And then um, the like rules of that country are 
if that happens, the youngest son of the person you killed gets to kill you. What? What? Like it's death penalty. But you can bribe the cops to they'll clone you and kill your clone. Like who thinks of this stuff? You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. So then she's not gonna watch that. Then there's all these like (laughs) rich people that are like vacation here and just they have enough money that they break all these rules, do all this crazy shit, and then just have their clones killed all the time. And it's just this like weird game for them. Would you be down with them cloning you? Okay. If they were like, okay, Rob, we're gonna clone you. And then that way, if any of your organs go bad or anything, we can take it from your clone. Would you allow them to do that so that you could live a longer life? I think I would need to be, I would need to need the organ before then. But you don't get that option. It's going to take too long. Is it like a stem cell decision when a baby's born? That's the movie with Scarlett Johansson and Ewan McGregor. What? Uh, The Island? I never saw it. I think that was what it was called. Where they like live in this island and they're just clones now of these rich people. Now let me ask people. you, people who clone their dogs, mm-hmm. does the dog come back with the same personality or just look exactly the same? I'm sure, I mean. Wait, people it, do that? Yes. You have not heard mean? this? What do you mean? You're not transferring consciousness to the clone. Yeah, you can't do that. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm asking the question. But it's the like nurture versus nature debate. Like there are some personality traits that are inherent genetically, I'm sure, in the dog. Right. And then others. You've heard of people cloning their dogs. You didn't like Barbara Streisand or. Maybe. Someone cloned her dogs a bunch. Yeah. It's a thing. I don't like my dog enough to do that. <laughs> you don't like your dog enough to keep her. Yeah, I love her. <laughs> kind of. Would you clone yourself? I would if it meant less work for me. Like I could just be like, hey, Jeff, take this one. I'm going out with my friends and let him have my clone for the night. I think there would have to be. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> there would have to be some like definition. <laughs> Of, like, the consciousness of the clone. Well, that's what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, like, that, that me, would matter. If I knew I was going to die and I would be leaving my daughter, yeah. if I could have a clone that was exactly me, I would do it so she wouldn't be left without a mom. You, but you'd have to know, you know that you could still trust that clone. Is that weird? No, I would do it too, but I would take the organs from the clone and try and keep me alive. Just, just switch your brains. Just harvesting clones? Yeah. Hmm. Even though, like, what if, I mean, that clone's going to be a conscious human that has thoughts and you're fine just, like, I'm going to take your what heart What if it turns into single you? white female? <laughs> the clone. I mean, I'm sh- I, I can imagine there's some shady clones, some super <laughs> sus clones out there. <laughs> well, there's definitely, like, moral implications there. Yeah, there is. This is, a, this is now a bean. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think the whole AI thing in general scares me. Oh, but my gosh. This isn't AI. We're talking about clones. Yeah, I know, but, but it's like the same there. premise of like making. I don't connect those two. I heard like Frank Sinatra singing Ludacris. Did you send that to me? No, but I heard that also. Oh. And it was like, that's Frank Sinatra rapping, singing Ludacris. That's really weird. It's really weird. Olivia's mom slept with Frank Sinatra. Did she? Yeah. Everyone should know that. Everyone should. I mean, that is big. That is a big thing. Yeah, that deserves a fist bump. Isn't it it rumored that 
Mia Farrow slept with Frank Sinatra. She was married to him. That would be great if I found out I was actually Frank Sinatra's daughter. Is there any part of you that doubts your mom's story there? Or is there like proof or she wouldn't lie about that? I don't think she would lie about that. Have you guys ever seen Rosemary's Baby? Sorry, by the way. Yeah. Let's go back to movie reviews. Rachel's born. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, but I just, (laughs) it came up when I was Googling her. That movie is so fucked up. Oof. Yep. Sorry. Someone made me watch it once and I was like, don't ever do that to me again. All right. Well, this was lovely. Listen, we covered some serious shit. Sure did. We did. I like that you're still drinking only a tiny bit of your matchas. I didn't get her at this time. so I tried. I I'm trying again. I'm trying to get back to my old self. Please try harder. Yeah. It'd be great to have the old Rachel back. <laughs> Maybe I'll stop coughing by next week, guys. Yeah, stay tuned for next week's post stay to find tuned. out. If I stop, if I stop, you better not get me sick. I'm not contagious. Did Jeff say I was contagious? No, it's been two and a half weeks. Okay, don't you don't need to yell at me. I'm heated. All right, goodbye. Bye. Bye.